Hi, this is Craig Sutton from The Last Dragon Tribute, The Last Glow on Twitter, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Podcast. Welcome to Hydrate Level 4. I'm your host, Peter. And I'm your co-host, Phoenix. And today we are reviewing the 1985 martial arts comedy, The Last Dragon. It is directed by Michael Schultz and starring Ty Mock, Vanity, Christopher Murney, Julius Carey, rest in peace, Faith Prince, and Leo O'Brien, rest in peace. In New York City, a young man searches for the master to obtain the final level of martial arts mastery known as The Glow. Along the way, he must fight an evil martial arts expert and rescue a beautiful singer from an obsessed music promoter. Okay, let's get it. Okay, The Last Dragon. Phoenix, this was, what, your second time watching this movie? Uh, yeah, second or third. Um, I think the first time you watched it, you were probably 11. And I think you actually enjoyed it enough that I tweeted out to Timok and, and I said, hey, you know, I let my son watch this movie and uh, told him that you enjoyed it. And he was nice enough to reply and say, hey, you know, glad to have a new fan. So that was really cool. Um, tried getting him on this and, you know, uh, didn't get a reply for that, but I'm sure the man's really busy. But um, you, did you still enjoy it uh, this time around? It's, it, was like, it was like watching it for the first time, mainly because it's been a long time since I've first seen it. Yeah, so this came out in 85, so this was about a year or so after the, uh, that they had, uh, the MPAA had come out with uh, the PG-13 rating. So this movie is PG-13 mainly for, um, you know, the, the violence isn't that bad. You know, it's just almost any kung fu uh, or martial arts flick, but it's really for the language. You know, so so they have some language in here. There's no sexual content or anything like that. But there is a brief scene of some drug usage, right? They smoke a little, little bit of weed, right? Um, later on in the movie. But did you recognize anybody from from anything? I know this movie's a, a little bit older uh, than what some of the other movies that we've reviewed. Um, no, not really. Do you remember the little Asian boy that helped out Johnny? Mm. What didn't... What's his name? Well, the actor's name is Ernie Reyes Jr. You might remember him from Ninja Turtles 2 as Kino. The pizza? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that was him. That was him at, at a really young age. And he didn't come in until like, towards the end of the movie. Um, and obviously he was in Surf Ninjas, a movie I uh, would like to review one day. Um, but yeah, le- let's go ahead and get into the movie. This this movie, I I grew up watching, but it wasn't one that I watched all the time. But when it was on TV... Uh, I, I want to say we might have had it on VHS. I, I really forget. But I do remember, you know, the music and um, uh, this Bruce, um, Bruce, well, Bruce Leroy, right? Uh, a black guy who was kind of Asian and, you know, he did martial arts. And I remember, like, the, the Bruce Lee um, uh, movies that they would show, like, you know, in the music videos. Right. Um, so I, I remember things like that. Uh, this I'm trying to remember the last time I actually watched this too. It might have been a few years ago, May, maybe even that last time um, I watched it with you when you were 11. So a few years ago, uh, I did um, seek this movie out. It was kind of hard to find, and 
I I bought it used for the same price I could have gotten it brand new. So I should have just ordered it, you know, online or something. But you know, this year it does. Um, at the time of this recording, it does mark its thirtieth anniversary. So this is the the year of its thirtieth release. So happy birthday, The Last Dragon, uh, or officially it's called Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Um, but the movie it starts off with uh, Ty Mock, who plays uh, Leroy, Leroy Green. He is uh, it's kind of a training montage, kind of a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's um, sensei is shooting arrows at him, and he actually uh, was able to karate chop or kung fu chop it in half. And apparently that was actually real, uh, real life. And it took him a few hours to actually get that shot down and and actually break that arrow in half. Um, but after the training montage, uh, he's talking to his, his sensei, right? His master. And, um, apparently his master feels that he's reached the final level and there's like a, like a dragon patch that he's wearing on his, um, on his, uh, tank top and the, his master rips it off, you know, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like a patch, right? It's, it's almost equivalent to like a colored belt. Something like in a boy scout clan, maybe. Yeah, I I feel like it was like you know it showed the levels you know of of you know once he passes a certain level he gets a new patch kind of like a belt like karate that's what I just said oh so now ripping off the patch and his sensei saying you know that you reached the final level uh, Leroy doesn't feel that he's quite ready yet and and he wants you know to learn more and so. His uh, his master tells him, okay, well, you know, maybe you need to go seek out another master, right? So he kind of sends him on a mission um, to find. Did, did he give him the name? He just said, you know, go find the master at uh, some some dumb guy, some yeah, dumb boy, some or something. Dumb boy or something like that. Yeah, and he gives him a medallion. Says, this used to belong to Bruce Lee. This is going to help you find the master, right? Take t- take it to this place, and and then you'll find the master. And and I guess from then on, he should be able to. Um, Further his training, mm-hmm. uh, and then we get a quick scene of um, going around, him going around town asking, you know, if I guess he's asking like, has anybody heard of a guy named the Master? I got this, <laughs> I got this medallion. Uh, we don't really hear any dialogue or anything like that. Uh, but from the opening scene, what what do you think of Leroy as a character? I didn't think too much of Leroy as much uh, much of anything. I just saw him as. Another guy who's probably really good at kung fu. Um, seeing him break that arrow in half, that was that was pretty cool. Um, it made me think that he's been spent a lot of years training, and that uh, you know he's he's not like a regular old guy. Yeah. Um, a- after he kind of looks around a little bit, uh, I, I suppose he takes a break, and then he goes to the movie theater, right? And he's wearing like the Chinese garb with the uh, you know the Raiden hat. Mm-hmm. You know, and did you catch what he was eating in the movie theater? Popcorn with what? Chopsticks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, th- I thought that was pretty comical. Um, I, how? Why do you think he is the way he is? You know, the way he dresses. Why is he eating popcorn with chopsticks and not with his hands? Because I mean, we mentioned it, right? He's black. And, and we, and we, his, we his see family his family later. Yeah, so and his it's family not like, doesn't act like that. It's not like he was adopted by an Asian family. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of interesting though, right? We, I mean, he goes to the. We assume he goes to the movie theaters a lot, but his master did mention something like that. You know, when he ripped uh, when the mas- when his master ripped off the, that patch, he took it almost like a, a sign of. Dis- uh, discipline. 
uh, lack of discipline or something. It, well, the way the his master worded it, he's like, oh, you you've been watching t- you know too much movies lately. You know, like it, it's something that he would see like in a Bruce Lee movie or something like that. So I wonder if he was just uh, so fascinated as Bruce Lee, and it was like a Bruce Lee was like a hero to him, and he just kind of kind of worshipped him. Well, I don't want to say he worshipped him, but that perhaps that he just idolized Bruce Lee and just kind of adapted, you know, that culture, you know, like uh, like your Uncle Phil, you know, he's a big fan of the Japanese culture and sometimes he dresses like them and styles his hair like them, you know, so I I know the, you know, Uncle Phil and Japanese are Asians, but, you know, that's kind of an example, right? Maybe that's just uh, a culture that he wanted to adapt, but in the movie theater, yeah, there's all types of different people, right? They're kind of rowdy. There's one point some break dancers turn on the uh, the boombox and they just start break dancing in the middle of the aisle mm-hmm. in, in in the movie theater, mind you. All right. Um, and you know, uh, then one guy, you know, simultaneously in this in this um, it was Into the Dragon is what they were watching the Bruce Lee movie. And in that scene, you see Bruce Lee like doing this really high jump and he's about to land like on an opponent. At the same time, this guy is doing the same thing, but he uh, crushes the, the boom box on the floor. Um, but enters Shonuff. Uh, what, what do you think about Shonuff here? Who's our antagonist in the movie? Right now, thinking about this movie, doing this review, I just really want to go back and watch the scenes where he's actually in it, mainly just because of the comical relief that he gives me for some reason. Uh, I think it may, it's maybe because of the way his hair is, the way he always touches it, and his facial reactions with his eyes. He's just a very interesting character to look at. Yeah, he's definitely got some crazy eyes, and I, I think for me, it's um, you're right. I, I think it's the facial reactions that um, I think make make me find him funny. You know, because it's, it's not really his lines, but it is it, it is pretty hammy the way he makes his interests. You know, who's the baddest? And then he has people like. Fill in the blank. Am I the meanest? Sure enough. Am I the prettiest? Sure enough. Am I the baddest mofo low down around this town? Sure enough. Well, who am I? Sure enough. Who am I? Sure enough. I can't hear you. Sure enough. The Shogun of Harlem. You know, and that that's kind of funny on its own. But does he have like a gang? Because they they entourage. wear, yeah, it's an entourage. But they have kind of like a uniform, right? It's it's not really like gang related clothing. It is kind of camo with some kind of like it almost looks like an old school pilot's hood. Maybe like a, a little little clan that worships worships Shonuf as a leader. Yeah. And he's all about that equality too, right? Because he's even got females in his crew. Yeah. So good on him <laughs> for for being a bad guy. Now he also refers to himself as the Shogun of Harlem. And I had to look this up because I know that there's like um, a ninja movies, you know, with the word Shogun in it. But apparently, the word Shogun uh, is is any one of the military leaders who ruled Japan uh, until the revolution in 1867 to 1868. So that's where that word kind of originates from. So basically, he thinks he's some kind of leader, right? Mm-hmm. So th- that makes sense. And but so 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 Shonuf sees that Leroy is there, right? Because uh, I, I I think somebody from like the upper level of the movie theater told him and shouted down, just like, "Hey, shut up," <laughs> right? <laughs> and then and then Shonuf was like, "You know, who said that? Come here, make me." Basically, 
And then I think some little kid off screen was just like, well, I know somebody who can kick your butt. And he's like, who? He's like, Bruce Leroy. And points over to Leroy. Who's, and, and then you see him eating the popcorn with, with chopsticks. So, But how does the little kid know Leroy? Well, later on, we find out that Leroy uh, instructs at a dojo. And I think it's his. I, I don't think it's quite clear, but I think we're to assume that it's his dojo. Because okay. right, he is the, 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 the sensei there, basically. And so obviously, I don't know. Did you get if if they've encountered each other before, or was this their in like the first time they've ever met in person? It seems like the first time. They, oh no, yeah, they they definitely met in person because uh, before. Or are you saying this is the first time in? This person is that the they first met? time in person. Yeah, because Sharnoff talks about him and says that about how he captures bulls with his teeth, mm-hmm. and um, you know if if he's bringing this up now from the stories, and obviously they haven't talked about it before. Right, that he's only heard about this guy. Yeah, and you know, Shonuf is like, you know, I know I can beat you, and then like you you see Leroy, and he's just amused, he's just smirking, right? He's like, I'm I'm not here for this. I'm, I'm trying to watch my Bruce Lee. And mm-hmm. It's funny because they interrupted the movie earlier, but then like. Uh, people start fighting Shonuf, and like the movie's playing again. Yeah. <laughs> so they're just like, "Man, it's just another fight." <laughs> but um, one of my what I liked about the scene is watching Shonuf fight. What do you think about his style? Because there's no particular fighting style, but he fights kind of dirty. Yeah, it kind of looks like he was going for cheap shots. <laughs> he was. Well, one one guy he like slammed his head into the stage and like ripped out his hair. Yeah. He grabbed. He broke one guy's uh, leg and then like bit him in the ankle. <laughs> Um, so it's a very interesting style of fighting for him to think that he can take on Leroy, who is obviously, you know, uh, an actual martial artist. Not to really take anything from Shonuf because he's got some moves, but it's just, like, like you said, they're kind of cheap shots, too. Um, he's got that glow. Not quite yet. And But in the middle of the fighting, Shonuf looks up and he notices Leroy had, had just left. You know, yeah. and nothing but a trail of popcorn. <laughs> uh, the next scene, we meet Eddie Arcadian, who is another uh, antagonist. He's the, the big, well, I don't know. Who do you think is the bigger bad in this movie? Well, Shonuf. Are you talking about physically or? Well, Shonuf is the is the bigger bad, but I think uh, Eddie Arcadian's got the m- most more screen time. Well, yeah, because Arcadian has uh, also made everything in motion, all the plants and stuff. Yeah, you're right. And he's got a girlfriend named Angie. Uh, I couldn't pronounce her last name, so I didn't even put it down. But it's Angela, but he calls her Angie. And she's a um, some kind of pop artist? Yes, that sounds about right. She kind of looks like Megan Trainor. That, that was my first thought, seeing her. She looks like or she sounds looks, like? Looks, looks, looks. You think so? Megan Trainor is a blonde. Isn't Angie a blonde? Angie's a redhead. Are you sure? I'm positive. I just looked at a picture of her before we started uh, the recording, but in Veraco, huh? Veraco, is that how it's pronounced? Veraco. Pretty sure. Okay. I don't think it's ever said in the movie though. If it did, it's it's nothing that you know. It's you got your two leads. These real names are are you know just one name, <laughs> yeah. you know. So it it, it could have been like a thing where they're trying to mimic like um Cindy Lauper or somebody from the eighties, you know. But they really ham her up, right? What do you think of her music? First off, to put it nicely, it's it's not good. No, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Um. Okay. Now I I think this wasn't really clear for me, but was Eddie a 
music producer or a music video producer? I think music video, video producer. Okay, I think. so he didn't make the music; he's just filming the videos. Yeah, either one, they kind of suck. Yeah, <laughs> so he he's not a very good producer. Um, and then so we find out that uh, not only is Eddie a uh, a current music producer, he used to be like a a, a boxing promoter. Yes. Right? So well, I think I think he's trying to be an everything promoter. Yeah, but anything to make money. He started with the boxing stuff, right? Because his henchman is Rock. This this tall this tall do you think he's an idiot? Yes. Like, like he's not a bumming idiot, but not he's not the bra- idiot, brightest man in the yeah. world. Yeah. So it is one of those things where you got the, the the you know the duo, the the bad duo and one's like short, one's big, you know, mm-hmm. like twins. <laughs> Except for those aren't bad guys, you know. <laughs> Um, but Rock is a uh, is is kind of the the strong arm. Is, is that what it's called? Uh, it's called uh uh oh hang on I know this muscle. He's the he's muscle. the muscle. Yeah, I, actually I like that one better. He's the he's the muscle for Eddie, and uh, apparently he's got some kind of pet fish of some sort. Is it a piranha or something? I have no idea what it is. It's never said, but we're we're to assume that it's like a piranha or a fish, maybe a mini shark. I don't know. Yeah, it's you know it's in a tank. We never see it, but we see like the the aggressive aggressiveness of the water. You know of how it moves and and it. Uh, I think didn't he feed it like a uh, like a large pig leg or something? A huge mutton piece. Yeah, and then uh, and then he pulls the, the leg out and it's just bones. Yeah, yeah. So it, it shows that uh, it it can consume meat really fast. I Maybe guess. Maybe a lot of little piranhas. Could be. Uh, I like to think it's one big ugly one that we just don't see. Mm. Uh, we uh, we next meet our love interest of the movie, uh, Laura Charles, uh, and she is uh, the video DJ. Is is that what she is? I have no idea what she is because she seems like she's a singer, right? But then people also call her a DJ, and then Eddie keeps calling her or keeps asking her to play the video as if she were. Like a music or a TV person. Yeah. Well, I I think this is before they actually coined the term video DJ. You know, so like a so it would be VJ, a video jockey, and so yeah, she plays the music and stuff like that. But I think she only has that singing number because she actually used to be part of a band called, um, oh gosh, Vanity Seven or something like that. And but in here, they uh, she plays the video for one of my favorite songs of all time. It's a Rhythm of the Night by DeBarge. And I remember the first time you watched this with me, and you asked if this was supposed to be like a parody of Michael Jackson. Mm. But that's, you know, it, I, I don't want to say it was like the style, but there were similar guys that kind of s- sung that way. But I can see, like, maybe with the hair. Right. You know, but that was just the style then. You know, a lot of guys had similar hair like that. I mean, remember Daryl from uh, Coming to America? <laughs> so similar hair. You know, he even had the mustache too, except for he was just darker in, you know, skin tone mm. uh, compared to, uh, to DeBarge. More, more greasy. Well, yeah, because uh, you know he's the Prince of Soul Glow. <laughs> I, I wonder if DeBarge and you Soul Glow. <laughs> you know, th- well, this did come out a few years before uh, Coming to America. So maybe Coming to America paid him. Yes, that could very well be. Uh, so we meet. I, I think it's Laura's manager, uh, JJ, right? And he uh, apparently he's scared of Eddie, and uh, Eddie has. Um, you know, threatened him and was like, "Hey, we we want you to play this video." And so he's trying to convince Laura to play it on on the show. You know, and right. but you, do you remember JJ, the the manager? No. Okay. Oh, um, the reason I bring him up because he he's actually a pretty good actor, and I didn't know him to be in this movie. Is William H Macy, and 
he the the I think the only movie that he's been in that uh you know our show has reviewed but uh but you weren't on it was he was in the remake of Psycho. Ah, the and one with Vin Diesel. No, 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 I mean uh Vince Vaughn. Yeah, Vince Vaughn. Uh, that would be a different movie. <laughs> I don't know who Vin Diesel would have played uh in that one, but but um William H Macy, he played uh Arbitras. Or is, I think that's how you say the, the name. The detective. The detective. Yeah, he plays a detective in in the remake. That's what I was thinking about Vin Diesel. Yeah, but um, I'm trying to think what movie you might have seen William H Macy in. But Wild Hogs. Nope. Or like John Travolta, Tim Allen. Um, I know. I know both those actors though. Yeah, uh, I think Martin Lawrence was in that one. But gosh, Pleasantville. You didn't see that one either. No. Okay. Yeah, because I know a lot of the newer stuff. You have not. Uh, but maybe if you saw his face, you might recognize him. Uh, he played JJ. But anyway, um, uh, I almost called her Vanity, but that's her real name. But Laura, she refuses. Yeah, you know, she she doesn't want to do it. I, I think her schedule is really tight or something. And she, I think she might have mentioned something about a tour coming up. But um, we go back to uh, Eddie, and he's on the phone. I, I think he's on the phone with JJ, and he's not happy. You know, um, basically he was just told that the video will not be played. Uh, then we cut to uh, Leroy. Who walks by uh, Seventh Heaven, and uh, he, he takes notice of Laura because she's coming out, right? She hops into the into the limo as she's signing autographs, right? And I guess it's love at first sight for the two of them. It seems that way, Leroy. It doesn't seem to Leroy that uh, he is falling in love with her or fell in love with her, but uh, Laura's, Laura's giving him looks. Yeah, she's she's definitely giving him the. Uh, she's undressing him with those eyes for sure. Oh yeah, in. You know he's a handsome guy, but mm. but I I was watching this uh, for this review. I was you know sitting there thinking, would she really had like been interested in him though? I mean, look at the way he was dressed. <laughs> you know, it looked like he was wearing PJs with a Raiden hat. You know, um, it it it. Some girls are freaky. I I guess so. I mean, so does she like the Asian boys? I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know because it it was just a unique look. You know for for New York, right? I mean, wh- where were they from? Did they ever mention exactly where in New York? Um, New York, New York? No, I, I don't know for sure. They may not have said, but um, but that's when they first meet, and then she drives off in the uh, in the limo. And then shortly after, um, Ed, didn't Eddie's goons or something? Uh, no, no, no. It was Eddie's goons driving the limo. And um, they came to a stop, I think, at the corner or at a light. To pick up some guys, I think. Pick up more guys? Yeah. Okay. But I, I think there's a struggle in the limo. And then, you know, Leroy, he's, he's still nearby, and he sees what's going on. So he runs over there to help her out, right? So he kicks a bunch of butts. What, what was it, like four guys maybe? That at sounds least. about right. Sounds yeah. About right. So there was about four guys. He kicks her butt, saves the day. And she's impressed, right? She's she's very thankful, and she's picking up all these items from her purse. And I don't know if you noticed, but it was like mostly makeup. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember seeing like a like a wallet with money or anything to that effect. But he does signal a a uh, uh, a taxi cab to come pick her up. And while she's picking up her items, you know, she's talking to him. She looks up and like apparently he disappeared. So he masters the art of ninjutsu, you know, <laughs> disappears because she asks the cabbie too, like, where'd he go? And he's like, oh, he's right over. Oh gosh, I don't know. Are you gonna get in or what? <laughs> and I was just like, "What a bad delivery, uh, the line delivery, you know, right, right from this right. taxi cab uh, driver." 
And I don't know. So I just thought it was funny. You know, it is supposed to show or to tell us, like, okay, that's how smooth he is. He was able to escape the scene. But then, like, shortly after, he, he pulled a Batman. <laughs> he pulled a Batman, but then he comes running back panicking because he had misplaced the medallion, which Laura had found. You know, she picked it up, put it in her purse, and took <laughs> off. It's funny because she called that a belt buckle. <laughs> she she did. She um, Well, later on, she does. And so the next scene, the those thugs, they go back to Eddie, and they're like, you know, hey boss, don't 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 get mad, but there was like twenty to thirty guys, and then the second guy was like, yeah, yeah, they were black, and then they look behind them, then there's a black guy who's like, yeah, big black guys with like chains and and um, clubs and things, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, chains and chains and clubs, and uh, so so Eddie's like, all right, looks like we need to get more people, you know, that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, did, did you think? Did you find that funny at all? I found that, that pretty were... funny because they were all trying to scramble to not die. But but still, twenty to thirty guys. I yeah. mean, I would have said like ten. You know, just just say you're outnumbered. But why? But it's, it's supposed to be funny. You know, yeah. it, it is still kind of a comedy. But I, I did find it funny. But I was just like, Jesus, twenty thirty guys. Uh, and then the next scene. This is a, a pretty good scene here. So we we get the dojo. This is where we see. Um, Leroy as an instructor, right? So again, I, I believe this is his, and we uh, meet one of the the funnier guys, the co- uh, comedic relief in the movie. His name is Johnny, right? He uh, he calls himself Oriental, which in my experience, I've always kind of taken that description of Asians kind of offensive. I don't know if if you've ever encountered that, you know, no, at school. No, I haven't. What's Oriental mean? Well, Oriental to, to me is more more of um, a word that you can use to describe like items. You know, that's an Oriental rug, that's a Oriental, you know, chair. You know, like it's a style, like Oriental. Asians are like people. You know, that's kind of the way I look at it. So, like when somebody calls me Oriental, I kind of kind of raise my eyebrow. I'm like, did you just really? You know, so some um... people. I'd be curious to 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 kind of um, you know hear what other Asians may think. Of, about being called Oriental? No, I'm. I don't. I've never heard of that before. Uh, before today, um, I'm sure if someone said that in my school, it, something's gonna happen because we have a lot of Asians at my school. Well, I don't. I don't think people should t- take that much offense. But it, it's just. It, it's one of those things that, you know, like some people just don't understand. There's more than just Chinese and Korean. <laughs> you know, yeah. there, there's like. Well, I I get Chinese or Japanese. Yeah, well, it could be the the highlights in your hair too, uh, I would think. But I mean, growing up, I've always heard like three or four different ethnicities that were never what we actually are. Right. And th- that's kind of shows the naivete of people, you know. So uh, for Johnny to call refer to himself as Oriental, okay, well maybe he's fine with that. But I when he said that, I go, that doesn't sound like that didn't sound politically politically correct. But this is a movie from the 80s where there's a lot of slangs that were used and um, things that weren't very PC, right? But but Johnny, um, he, this is a really funny line. He says that... Uh, you know how you're always teaching us to master the art of fighting without fighting? We said, I did you one better. I mastered the art of fighting without knowing how to fight. You see, people, people are afraid of oriental dudes. Give him a little move, a little stream, and lots of attitude. Check this out. (laughs) 
And then he starts sparring with the guy, and he screams. And then the other guy like kicks him in the face and, <laughs> and knocks him down. So uh, I really like that. What did you think of Johnny? Um, you know, this I, I liked him in the scene, but there's a scene later where I kind of just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> did um did you did you did he look half white to you? Yeah, it seemed like he was more white. I didn't think he was Asian at all. Like full Asian, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I thought he was. I thought he was full white. I I forgot his name, but it's it's like Glenn Eaton or something like that. Uh, maybe. <laughs> let me let me look it up real quick. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glenn Eaton. Eaton. He plays Johnny Yu. So um, yeah, he's a he's a, plays the Asian guy or Oriental in this case. Um, enters show enough. So. He found him. Uh, yeah, Shona sh- sh- found um, stocking stocking Leroy. Yeah, so so they walk in. They're like, "Hey, science, uh, science, science says that there's lessons. You know, I want you to give me a lesson." And Leroy's like, "Yo, you know, I I won't fight you." Or no, he goes, "I wish to not fight you." He goes, "Well, who do you wish to fight?" <laughs> you know. And then he he's um he sticks the women on him, and then like four women like circle around Leroy, and he's standing there with his arms crossed, kind of like really. You yeah. know, and and what what do you think uh, about the scene with the women like taunting him? Ah, uh, did you find them menacing at all? No, <laughs> I just thought they were trying too hard. They as acting goes. Yeah, yeah, it, they didn't. They seemed pretty, pretty silly, really. And I think when uh, Taimok, the actor, when he was standing there, I think he was genuinely smirking because he thought it was silly mm-hmm. because it, it's kind of hard to look somebody in the face when they're acting like that and really hold a straight face that's what i think but you know i could be completely wrong so mr timok if you're listening to this let me know uh, i think you've seen me on twitter so but we um get one of the famous lines in this movie kiss my converse okay like y- you don't know that because you didn't grow up listening to this but that's one of those things and you you can probably find a meme with um show enough's face and it'll just say kiss my converse Okay, so that's the thing. And the only reason that Leroy gets down to do so is because he didn't want the other kids getting hurt, right? Originally, he wasn't even going to bow to show enough who, you know, told him to bow. And and then Johnny comes out trying to save the day. Is this where you wanted to punch him in the face? Nope. A little bit later on? A, little, a lot later on. Okay. So Johnny comes out, and then, and then like, two guys attack him, right? One guy named Beast. I think that's yeah. show enough's um, uh, henchman. And so the, the two guys are you know, holding Johnny down, look like they're about to give him the business. And then that's when Shonoff's like, kiss my converse, and Leroy gets down to do so. But I think he gets kicked in the face. Yeah, Shonoff kicks him in the face. Yeah. So, and, you know, he only did that to protect his students, you know. So he, Leroy's a pretty stand-up guy if you hadn't figured it out by now. This just shows you that Shonoff takes cheap shots. Yes, yeah, he sure does, doesn't he? And then we finally get the introduction of the the Green family. Right, this is Leroy's family. Uh, Leroy's up up on the uh, um, roof of the building of, of where they live, and he's meditating. Right? Yeah, doing stretches and uh, what have you. Uh, yoga. Yoga, Tai Chi. You know, something to that effect. Something. T- yeah, it's it's a medif- it's a meditate move. Meditation. Yeah, and then his little brother shouting up uh, out out of the window. You know. And uh, telling him to come down to eat dinner. Was it lunch? Lunch. Bre- breakfast. 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 Eat meal with the family. <laughs> breakfast, because they didn't open up the pizza shop yet. Oh, that's right. So it's still early. And at this point, we see uh, Laura Charles on the TV, uh, which I find that maybe this was a thing back in the day where they had smaller portable TVs that families would have in the kitchen. This year, this came out in 1985, right? Uh yes yes it did. did did they have TVs in Back to the Future? 
Yeah, you know we have two of them. Wow, you must be rich. Honey, he's teasing you. Nobody has two television sets. Well, yeah, because yeah, that's 1955. Yeah, but Marty was from 1985. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why I'm asking if they had those in 85, too. In, oh, um, that could have been one of them. I don't know if Marty had a, a, a TV in his own room, so it could have been the living room and the kitchen. Oh. <laughs> we don't know. This this is true. Um but yeah, we we find out that Richie, his brother, Leroy's brother, is uh, uh infatuated with Laura Charles, right? Yeah. He says he says there's a dance contest right coming up, yeah. And you know he's 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 he, I wouldn't say he's he's cocky. He's a pretty confident guy. He thinks he's gonna win this contest and it's gonna get him a date, right, with uh, Laura Charles. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then um, so Leroy comes down, and he sees uh he sees Laura on the TV. He's like he's like. Oh wow, you know, and and all, and this is the little misunderstanding between the two because Leroy's saying I need to go to her, you know, and then his brother thinks like, oh, you just you think she's hot, and and that's why you want to go see her. He doesn't know anything about the medallion, right? So they're mm-hmm. they're on two different thinking paths right here. I also kind of hated his brother in this movie because well, of his ignorance, even though you know he didn't really fully understand. Like throughout the movie, he's just kind of resenting Leroy. No, I, I I totally know what you mean by that, and and um you know I'll I'll bring this up a, a little bit here, but he does kind of act like the bigger brother though, right, Richie? Uh huh. Because he's he's more street smart, you know, he's a little bit more worldly aware, I'd imagine. Yeah. Because Leroy's always in his own world, you know, he's doing the whole kung fu stuff, or is it karate? I don't want to offend somebody that does martial arts. It's kung we'll, fu, right? We'll, we'll call it martial arts. We'll call it martial arts. Because he does. Well, what does Bruce Lee do? Bruce Lee, Jeet Kune Do or something like Then he does Jeet Kune Do. He uh, does what Bruce Lee does. Well, but his master may not teach him that. Uh, he's done, he, he does the same moves that Bruce Lee does because what we see from the... Uh, that wasn't... He, okay, I, I know where you're going with that, but let's just put out the disclaimer that you and I have never done martial arts. Um, you at least do parkour, which isn't fighting, but it's something. Uh, I've, <laughs> and, I've seen I've seen videos at parkour. They show us they show us some of these videos. But sometimes. that does not make you an expert. In, I never said I was an expert. Okay, I'm but I'm just saying. throwing out a disclaimer so that that our knowledge levels of martial arts and its styles are at a minimum. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Slightly. <laughs> okay, so uh, the the brothers they go open up the pizza shop. Right, the dad owns a pizza shop. Did Did you catch the slogan? Something about moving um, your pizza to Mr. Yeah, Green's so pizza. <laughs> if you want, to, uh, yeah. If you uh, move your pizza to Miss or to Papa Green's pizza. Yeah. What do you think of that slogan? Did, did that sound? <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't I think that it. was catchy at all. <laughs> move your pizza. <laughs> but it's it's cute, you know. Hey, they, they have a pizza shop. We don't. So, uh, I'm one of the turtles. Go eat there. But um, so they. <laughs> oh, they are in New York. They are in New York. So they go. They just go get the um the restaurant re- uh, the the shop ready, right? They just go prepare things I don't, I don't yeah. think the, the scene's very long no cause Leroy Leroy seems to be going out a lot yeah so he does convince Richie to, to take him to 7th heaven with them and then like the next scene we see him like uh, uh, Leroy is carrying Richie on his uh, shoulders like uh, a little kid I think that's is yeah, that later yeah. no that's, that's now isn't that's, it that's now yeah that's now. so they get to 7th heaven and uh, uh, Richie is about to go to the back door I suppose Yes, and then and then um, uh, Leroy, who's standing by the entrance, is like, "Are you not gonna buy a ticket?" <laughs> and there's there's like a bunch of people waiting in line, like looking, 
And then Richie's like, yo, 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 of course I'm going to buy a ticket. And then he's like, no, I'm not going to buy a ticket. <laughs> and so, yeah, he plans to sneak in. And um, I, I didn't have a problem with this, but I have a slight issue. You know, I'll bring it up a little bit later on. But um, so the the whole th- the whole thing, running running joke, I guess you can say, that Richie is so embarrassed by Leroy that he wants nobody to know that they are brothers. So in this scene, we get the first time him saying, hey, if anybody asks, you ain't my brother, right? And so I think this is where Richie tries to go to one of the back entrances, and apparently one of his friends was going to be able to get in and let him back in there. Yeah, that sounds about right. And I think uh, at the same time, Rock, he is able to get into the building dressed as like a... um, uh, like a stage hand or something, right? And he's got like the the headgear. Yeah, so we're, we're we're to assume that the security at that place sucks, right? And that's what I was gonna get to. <laughs> and there's more examples later on. So Rock was able to find Laura Charles and says, "Hey, you know the we we find out that I guess he told her that the sound check hadn't been um conducted yet, and right. they needed her. And so she's like, "Well, why 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 hasn't that not been done yet?" So she follows him outside. And then they kidnap her. They throw her in her van and, and run off. And um, and this is probably about the exact same area where uh, Leroy dropped the medallion too. So it just seems to be a bad corner for people dropping things. So Leroy was out there and he see this ha- saw this happen. So he ran over to where um, you know where they had driven off from. But he didn't keep running. He just stopped. But he did look down and he found the clipboard. And what did the clipboard say? Arcadian Productions. <laughs> Very smart, right? Like, if you're going to go kidnap somebody, do you want to keep, like, official stuff, you know, that um, people can locate you with? This is why Rock is kind of an idiot. <laughs> yeah, but who do you think gave that to him? <laughs> Rock's, a, Rock's a former boxer, right? I don't think he, like, uh, really helps um, Eddie produce anything. But I just found it funny, like, because the first time uh, viewing this, I, I, I didn't catch if there was um, any... Uh, like labels on on that binder on that clipboard and then the second time i caught it and i was like oh okay well that would have been even funnier if there was nothing on the front of that clipboard but if uh leroy opened it up and then saw like there was an address <laughs> you know <laughs> like a, like some kind of um like a notice or or like a um i'm trying to think of, of a specific word you know kind of like a receipt or um invoice like an invoice or something of that nature like something that was ordered and it was like eddie arcadian <laughs> at this address so yeah, they're not. Rock's not very smart. So we we, we get that. Um, so the next thing we were back at the Arcadians or Eddie's production company, or is it their house? I, it's their place. I don't know. I think it's a nightclub. Is a nightclub? It's with, above a night. Uh, it's it's above a nightclub. Eddie's place. Yes. Hmm. I know that's where they kind of film like music videos. Because uh, isn't this where they're actually like rehearsing? Well, because my idea is, uh, you know how when they're recruiting people later in the movie, it's in a nightclub. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think they'll do that in any public place. They'd probably do that in their own setting. So, you know, in a nightclub, there's a, they live right above it. You know, people do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we see uh, another rehearsal of, um, well, actually, do we watch a video? I think we're watching a video at this point. But they're trying to make Laura watch it, you know, and 
and she doesn't seem to be enjoying it. And uh, and she's definitely not intimidated by Eddie. So I don't know. Well, I was going to say I'm not sure why JJ was, but uh, I did forget to mention that JJ mentions that Eddie put a knife to his throat. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not doing that with Laura here, but she's definitely not intimidated by him whatsoever. Why do you think that is? Um, not sure. Yeah, maybe, I'm not sure you could say that. Maybe Eddie was taller than JJ somehow. I don't think he is, but I mean, that that would make sense. But but again, he held a knife to to JJ's throat. Laura, he's just sitting there saying, "Play this video," and she's laughing at this video, right? So she, I, I guess, she can't really take him seriously. Is probably what it is. Yeah. So she's just not intimidated. Yeah, but because because uh, soon after. You know, she 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 admits, look, I'm I'm not gonna do this because it's not the right. And then Angie interrupts and is like, oh, it's not the right time of night for her to be watching this. And then this is when uh, some ninja kicks in the door. He's got the mask on and everything. And then Eddie, I I guess he might be racist. He's like, who the hell is this guy? We didn't order out. <laughs> and I, I think it's like it's like an Asian joke, you know, like a Chinese Chinese food being delivered. <laughs> Okay, At least yeah, that's the it. way I, I took it. it, yeah. But then I was like, you can clearly see that's a black guy. But, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. But we do see Leroy News Ninja Stars, which is pretty cool. So you can see him pretty versed in uh, in, in weaponry. Mm-hmm. And he takes uh, takes out all the guys, right? And then Eddie was able to uh, pull off his mask, and it is revealed to be Leroy. And then you see, um, you see a, a cut to Laura, and she's... She's happy, right? She's happy to see him that he's coming to save her yet again. I think she was just happy to Leroy. Well, happy to see because it's Leroy. Yeah. Yeah. And and then Leroy says a hot head needs what? Needs, needs to cool off. Needs to cool off. And so he takes him over to the tank and he dunks Eddie's head into that tank. And the the actor, Christopher Murney, he does a good job selling this because I thought he was really, really scared. Like uh, I, I don't know if you got that from that scene, but I, I thought that was like really realistic. Um, yeah. You thought nothing maybe, about it. Maybe, maybe I didn't really think too much of it. I didn't, I didn't pay too much attention. I was just focusing on the fact that he dunked his head in the water. Yeah, and and obviously any any longer his his face would have ended up like that leg <laughs> earlier in the movie that that pig leg or something no even a split second his face would have at least been half chewed off um the thing was he asked rock later if he took it out or not or something like that oh i missed that line okay um and then and then we get the next scene uh laura she takes leroy to her place i guess as you do and he asks her, hey, you know, that night I saved you, there's something that I'm missing. You know, it's gold. And this is where she's like, oh, that belt buckle? Yeah. <laughs> and so she brings it over to him. And I think she had put it, like, on some kind of necklace or, like, a lanyard of some sort. You know, uh, so you can wear some, it around yeah, his neck. Just some, I want, I want to say just a piece of clothing. Well, it, it's one of those things that go on, like, a ribbon you wear when you're yeah. being awarded, like, a medal. Yeah. You know, so that that's kind of what she puts that on, and she puts it around his neck. <laughs> but she called that a belt buckle. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, that's what it looks like to her. I mean, it's, like, two pieces, too, right? So, yeah. I mean, I don't know how that is a belt buckle if it's actually just two pieces. But anyway, um, what else happened in the scene? She She doesn't, oh, yeah, no, she doesn't give him that proposal yet. But do they kiss here? No. No, but but she does flirt with him, and and it's kind of deterring him, right? Because he's not used to this, mm-hmm. and so he does get up to leave. And I thought this, you know, I'm gonna use the, 
I'm gonna be a little bit embarrassed and use this word, but it was kind of cute. Um, the the way uh, Leroy, Leroy acted. acted, yeah, because he He's didn't so he like kind of tripped or yeah, he was just innocent and he tripped on something, right? And like the expression uh, on his face when he turned around because he was so like embarrassed and shy all at the same time. I was just like, oh, that, that's cute, Leroy. <laughs> you know, you, you this is like your first crush. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't scripted. And it could have been real. Absolutely he was smiling because he. I I absolutely thought that too, and. So we get like an, another scene of him uh, looking around again, you know, just uh, like a really brief um, montage of, of him just going around town. And then we get one of one of the most k- kind of cringeworthy scenes for me. I don't know how you feel about this, but we get to see the ratchet Asians that are uh, <laughs> dancing on the street to, to a boombox. This is a really racist scene. <laughs> you thought it was pretty racist? I thought it was pretty racist. So these Asians, do you want to describe any of them? Well, they were, I think they were in tracksuits. One guy, At least one of them. One guy had like a like a see-through mesh black shirt or something like that. One guy was a little bit heavier. That kind of reminded me of the character from Breakfast at Tiffany's. The Mickey Rooney. Nope. I don't think you've ever seen that. But um, how, how do you think it's racist? Like, do you think it was the filmmakers that that made the scene kind of racist, or do yes. you think? I think that um, the the the, uh, the the writing remarks that they made to okay. Leroy. Please, I must see the master. It is very important to me. Look here, chump. The master don't see nobody, especially no jive coolies. Yeah, he don't see no one who don't know how to get down, baby. I you don't. dig, bro? You too square, man. Square, well, let me say it so he can understand it, Jim. You go now. Chop, chop. Holy ass out of this place. <laughs> Am I saying right, my man? There was one word that was used three times throughout this uh, movie, and they kept on saying coolie. And I know that it is a slang from back in the day, and it's nothing I ever used, nor did I know what it means. But I did look it up, and it's basically an unskilled laborer or porter, usually in or from the uh, Far East, hired for low or subsistent wages. And so they do call Leroy that, and but these guys they are kind of, they're they're not they're they're not um, fresh off the boat, right? No. So they they speak pretty good English, but they're they're talking like they're talking like they're black. Yeah. You know they they even didn't they tell Leroy like like we don't understand your jive talk, <laughs> you know these things. And now now Leroy is the one who's talking like it with an Asian, Asian draw. You know, I guess you say Asian accent. Yeah. You know, as if he, you know, speaks a different language as a uh, first language, like an ESL student, I guess. Yeah. But it, it's kind of like a, a a race reversal kind of thing. You know, right? Like, it it just did you think find that a little interesting? Um. Yeah, but uh, it seems to me that back in the day, t- to right right around. 2013 that most Asians acted like they were black and uh, yeah I don't know about black guys turning Asian but you know some Asians acted black well, and some still do you know yeah. I mean it and and I wouldn't even say that it was a time period or, or a phase or anything like that it really depends like where you kind of grew up you know I wouldn't say I act black but you know when growing up I went to a bunch of schools that was predominantly black you know, so I I may have some influence like in music, the maybe the way I dress and the slangs that I use too, just from like the people I hung out with, you know. So it's 
it's kind of regional, you know, of where you live. And let me see what else happened in this scene. I know what did what you think of their dancing? So when they were dancing to this rap song, there were like bystanders that were stopping to like watch them, and they were like smiling and stuff. Like, are you kidding me? Like that's it was pretty embarrassing. Like, yeah, I don't know what you... it was really weird dancing. I wouldn't really call it dancing. I'd just say moving. It was barely synchronized either. You yeah. know, they were trying to do similar moves, but they were all out of sync. Yeah, it was just it was it was a <laughs> it was a, okay. Okay, so um, so Leroy's like, hey, you know, uh, he's at the right place, right? There's some some dumb goy, and he's like, hey, I want to see the master, and the guys are like, no, nobody sees a master, you know. And one guy even takes his Raiden hat and like. And, and then he actually never well, gives it back. He never, yeah, he steals it, but he also, um, in he mocks Leroy, and and you know, he does a whole like you know, he prays with his two hands, and then then doesn't he like gibber some Chinese words yeah, or like uh, some made he, up Chinese words? He, too? um, he uses a really, really thick Asian accent to mock Leroy, right. So, Which I mean, that part was actually kind of funny to me because of because um, the, the 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 racial the reversal, in, yeah. yeah. So I, it, it is funny, but it's also kind of, I don't know if it's, if it's because we're Asian too. Like I didn't take offense to that. I found it funny, but it was also just interesting and kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just cringeworthy because I, I felt like this was just a a kind of an embarrassing scene for like I I I can't imagine those three actors going back and watching this and actually like oh man that was a great scene <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it must feel pretty bad yeah it it kind of reminds me of the scene in kickboxer I, and you haven't seen that but van damme has this uh this famous dancing scene where he's drunk and he's dancing but um with these two girls and then he gets jumped or these two guys attempt to jump him and he fights them but he recreated recreated that exact scene on was it Jimmy Kimmel, I want to say, like perfectly, perfectly recreated. They they recreated it. Yeah, the whole they they played the music. He did the exact same dance, and they were two Asian thugs that were <laughs> sitting at a table off to the side that that were playing these roles from the movie. And they go up to him and they pretend to fight, and they they do that whole thing again. Oh, that's so funny. yeah, so for those that have seen Kickboxers, look that up. It's, it's hilarious. But he gets turned away. Okay, basically. And then now we go to the Greens uh, Pizza Place. What What is it called? Da- Daddy Greens Pizza? I don't... Uh, I don't remember. So they we never go, said it. We go to the pizza shop. And and uh, you, you know what? I, I'm starting to think that Shonuff has like some kind of GPS because he seems to f- keep finding the right places. <laughs> uh, but, but think about this. The Greens, they seem to be doing pretty well for themselves, right? They got a pizza pizza shop. And Leroy's but got a dojo. They live in a really small apartment. Yeah, but they probably work all the time, you know, so why move? But it's also the area. You know, they, they probably could move to a bigger, nicer area. I'm not sure, but they just decided to stay there. Mm. You know, that could be a thing, too. But Shona finds their pizza parlor, and he uh, wants to deliver a message, right? Basically, he says, hey. Well, he wants to he wants to meet Leroy up and fight him right there. Well, that that's the message. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, but he, he doesn't realize that Leroy isn't there. Oh, right, right. He's like, I'm looking for Leroy Green. And the dad turns around and like, I'm Leroy Green. You know, and he's like, no, I'm looking for the... I, I don't remember how he described him. He said, um, the, Leroy, the Leroy Green I'm looking for is a little punk who <laughs> thinks he's a kung fu master. 
something, something like that. And then his, da- his dad's like, oh, uh, you mean Junior. <laughs> <laughs> so his dad's like throwing him under the bus. Um, that's pretty funny. Cause, so, because he's tr- well, his name really isn't Leroy, is it? Who? Uh, his dad. Well, he's referring to him as Junior, so I'm assuming that they're both Leroy. Because I, cause he's like, I'm Leroy Green. My my uh, my first thought was that he was trying to cover uh, yeah cover for Leroy and pretend that he was Louis, r- l- pretend that he was Leroy, but oh. that since he didn't or since he found out that Shonuff realized that it wasn't him, he was like. He was trying to save himself. Like back paddle. And yeah. Be like, like oh, you talking about Junior? Yeah, you're talking about, oh, you're yeah. talking about Junior. What, what what's that say about the dad? <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's an interesting way to look at it. Um, I, You know, one of us is wrong, but, I mean, I, I, can, I can see it your way, too. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that he was, like, standing up for his son. But for him to easily, like, throw his son under the bus afterwards, yeah. I think that they're both Leroy. Um, so, I, yeah, I think they're Junior and Senior. Um and then, so yeah, he's like, you know, tell tell him, t- tell him, I said, you know, where and when, you know, basically, and I'll be there. And then they start trashing the place, right? And then uh, as as Shonuf is leaving, there's a video of Angie on yeah. TV, <laughs> and he's like, who plays this garbage? <laughs> uh, so I thought that was really comical. That was that was funny because later in the movie. It- <laughs> <laughs> they meet. Yeah. Well, uh, he meets Eddie. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I just thought it was funny because this entire time, like, even Laura saying how bad the videos are and stuff, but Eddie and Angie doesn't see that. Yeah. Uh, even Rock know it, it's garbage. <laughs> so we do get, um, we see Leroy, He and he's actually just getting there as everyone's leaving. They're hopping into the van. The van almost kind of reminded me of the Wild Stallions van, but just different color scheme. You know, it's the same type of van. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Do you think Richie was out of line here by calling uh, Leroy a coward? Yeah, you know, because word because got he around. Didn't, he didn't know. Uh, Richie didn't know anything. Like he's saying stuff like, "I heard you kissed his sneakers" and stuff like that. But he didn't realize. He didn't know that he was doing it for Johnny. That he wouldn't. That Leroy wouldn't kiss it in the first place. Mm. That's kind so, of yeah. That's a good point. Actually, that was that was one of the main points where I didn't like uh, Richie. Yeah, and and this is where like Richie's gonna have a story arc, right? Because he he obviously is embarrassed of his brother, and we're we're gonna see him change. You know, we're kind of spoiling that, but this is a thirty year old movie. Um, but yeah, I I think you're supposed to kind of dislike him, obviously. You know, but I I kind of like him, but maybe because I've always kind of known how it ends. Mm-hmm. But I kind of understand where it's coming from. You're right. He doesn't see this stuff, so he I I think he has the right to be mad because nobody's telling him otherwise. Right. So that, that 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 part's a little bit on Leroy too. It is, yeah, because he's not explaining himself. He's yeah. si- he's standing there crying, you know. And and did you find that kind of sad? Yeah, just a little bit. I felt bad. I mean, if you think about this, you let's say you go out and you do your parkour like you do, you know, a few times a week, mm-hmm. and uh, you you come home to find that you know me, JoJo, and Preston we're we're standing in the house and. You know, um, maybe maybe somebody came in and, uh, and and robbed us. You know, like and and you're like, well, I wasn't here for that. Like, you know, you could prevent it all this, but um, Richie, he's standing there blaming all of this on Leroy. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you had just fought him, he never would have come here and you know trashed the you know the little shop, throw me upside down in a trash can. <laughs> uh, did you find that funny? That part is funny. Yeah. I felt like he deserved it though. So. <laughs> 
So after that, Leroy, he goes to the gym, takes out his anger. A lot of people actually do that. So I, I, I'm sure this is actually pretty realistic, and I, I, I kind of appreciated it because um, it's, it's a thing, right? Mm-hmm. So He didn't want to use it on anybody, so he had to use it on a punching bag. Yeah, you know, that, that's just how a lot of people take out their aggression. You know, the, people go work out, they go running, you know, they go, they go to the gym, they hit a punching bag. But um, uh, Laura, she shows up just kind of bad timing, right? Everybody seems to know where to find Leroy every time, mm-hmm. except for the, the the pizza shop. You know, just wrong wrong place, right family. And uh, she she's like, hey, you know, I could sure use a bodyguard. You know, she's just trying to find ways to for him to be around more often. And she she makes that funny remark. She's like, I need someone to guard my body. Yeah, it, it was it was kind of kind of borderline cheesy, but I see where she's going. Right? She's mm-hmm. she's actually she's not like aggressive with him. But she knows what she wants, and and he's kind of playing. He's not playing hard to get, but that's what she's kind of thinking, right? Like everybody wants Laura Charles, but this seems to be the only guy who's not not really giving her any time of day because he's mm-hmm. on a mission. You know, he tells her as much. So, um, but did you feel bad for her at all? Because he's he's still upset, right? It, it's probably that same day, probably just I th- I right think after. I think it's the same day, yeah, right yeah. after. Yeah, just right after. So he's obviously still upset, and here she is talking about, like, I want you to be my bodyguard. You know, he's just like, I'm not trying to have none of that. Like, this just happened to my family, and also I'm trying to find the master, (laughs) you know. I I need to get him this medallion. So, but you didn't think she was out of line or anything like that? It was just bad timing for her, right? So the next scene we see, uh, actually, no, Johnny shows up. And no. that's pretty much it. This is this is the scene where I hate Johnny. Why? Because he doesn't leave. <laughs> oh, he he doesn't get the idea. To yeah. Leave. Well, I mean, he's, he's he's interrupting Laura when she's trying to talk to Leroy, and she's like, "Say you're Laura Charles." Yeah, but but that's a that's a celebrity right there. Yeah, I would have left <laughs> for for a guy who thinks that the art of fighting is to to what was the wording again? I keep forgetting. The, um, to master the art of fighting is. By not knowing how to fight, you know, for a guy who has that mentality, <laughs> you know, if he sees a celebrity in the dojo that he works out at, like, yeah, you know, I wouldn't leave either. I'd be like, that's Laura Charles. <laughs> I might stand further away, but I think I would stay there and just, you know, kind of check her out. Be like, because well, she, I, I think she's pretty. Do you think she's pretty? Yeah, I thought she's pretty for yeah. someone in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I just mean like I don't, well, I don't really like the people in the eighties style, like their hair. The, the hair's a little bit bigger. But I don't, um, I don't like bushy hair. Yeah, well, it's it's the style. Big hair. Eighties and nineties were kind of the big hair phase. Yeah, thank goodness. And the next scene, we're at. I, it 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 looked like a gym, kind of. And Rock and Eddie, they're holding like an interview for a bunch of killers. <laughs> one <laughs> nightclub. Uh, it was a nightclub. Okay, and and one guy like barked and, instead of actually speaking. Yeah, he he had to write a note and everything. <laughs> And then uh, we cut to Angie rehearsing for a music video, and I think like the the her backup dancers were wearing like taxi cab clothing and or something. safety cones or something like that. Oh, safety cones as what? As their bras? As their helmets? Their helmets. Okay, it was just a, a really interesting um, wardrobe. No, Lady Gaga's wardrobe is interesting. Um, this was more uh, Katy Perry. I can see that absolutely. Um, I wonder if she has ever dressed anything like that, you know. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. And um but this this scene right here, Angie, she's taking um 
she's taking it out on Eddie, right? Because Eddie's talking about how, hey, no worries. Uh, Laura, she's going to play your videos once we take out Leroy, you know? And, and she's like, what, what, you mean kill him? So she, she obviously wants to be famous, but she doesn't want to do it at the expense of somebody dying, right? So that shows that she's got, she's got a big heart. I mean, we saw it in the previous scene when they first kidnapped Laura, and she knew that Laura was going like, to kind of bash the video, and she tried to step in, like, oh, she means that it's just not the right time of night. You know, she, I think she was probably going to say, like, it's not the type, of, the right type of music to be playing on, on her show. Yeah. At least that's what I think. That's what I thought, too. Yeah, so, but Eddie, he's he starts getting upset, you know, takes offense to what she's saying. And so they have this dispute here, and basically she's like, you know, you're just using, using me to, to get popular, like you can use rock. You know, and then and then he talks about her boobs, you know, and, and she's like, um, I forgot what he worded, but she's like, no, you're using me and you're using me for uh, or my boobs to for. Um, He said, you're nothing but blah, 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 blah getting by on your boobs. Oh, right. And then she said, well, you're nothing but a little midget getting by on my boobs. Yeah. So and we're obviously keeping the word a little bit clean here. And um did you find this scene pretty sad between them? I felt I felt bad for Angie. I felt bad for Angie, not for Eddie. Yeah, well, because Angie was crying, so I, I felt really bad, and I thought the actress did a really good job in this scene. Because mm-hmm. I liked I liked her delivery and her, her insults. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her her t- her line delivery and the timing of it it it, it really hit me. I felt really bad for her. And um, the, the next thing we see, uh, Shonuf sparring, right? He's actually uh, fighting some people, kind of training, right, for for the mm-hmm. big fight. Not that dirty either. Not that dirty. Uh, Still I, dirty. I think he did Still one move. Dirty. I think he like twisted the guy's ankle or nah, something like I'm that. I'm not surprised. Yeah, he, he did. He did one thing, but he didn't rip any hairs or bite bite ears off or anything <laughs> like that. But Rock and Eddie there are, are there trying to recruit him, and they're wearing wigs. Are they? They are wearing wigs. I'm, what? Yeah. Okay. So you didn't catch that. I didn't catch that. The 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 both of them are wearing wigs, and you know we didn't mention the way they look, but Eddie's balding. Mm-hmm. You know he he's got the you know the hair on the sides, kind of like um, kind of like Clarence Boddicker from RoboCop. Mm. You know, uh, he, I was I was paying attention, or I was trying to see what kind of uh, bills they were paying sure enough with. It it kind of reminded me. It, do do you remember much of the original Superman movies with um, Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor? Uh, yeah, vaguely. There there's like a scene where you see like uh, Lex Luthor like wearing a wig, right? You know, and it kind of reminded me of that. But the both the curly of them, hair. yeah, and both of them are actually wearing wigs. Like I think um, Eddie's looked a little bit more natural. Like if we had never seen him bald, I actually would have bought it. But uh, Rock's hair, it's like he he had hair anyway, but it just added more volume to it. And oh, they I, were wearing wigs. They N- were. Now, now that I'm thinking about it more, I realize that uh, Eddie did have a bald spot. But then now I'm, I'm thinking back to when they saw sure enough, he didn't have a bald spot. But I'm trying. Uh, what I'm wondering is why it's obviously played for for laughs because visually you're just like, hey, they're wearing wigs. Maybe a disguise out in the open. But why? So people can see that they're recruiting and seeing Shona. It's it's still kind of i don't know it, i mean I, like, I think it's just more for laughs he should be a musical producer and not out hiring people like shona yeah so so they think that wigs w- would do the job <laughs> they're, okay they're, they're idiots <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that and um how much did they offer him quite a bit of money it's like a, a whole suitcase it's of money I, yeah, I, i'm sure they dropped it but we didn't say it no no uh shona said i'll do this for free Okay, and they're like, okay, all right. Well, yeah. they close, <laughs> they close the suitcase and put it away, and I thought that was really funny. 
in the next scene, uh, Leroy goes to uh, apologize to Laura, but she's not at at her place, right? He's ringing the doorbell, or no, he doesn't even do that yet, no, right? He, he's just he, there. He contemplates. He contemplates to ring the doorbell. He tries to many times, but he just turns around and boom. Right. Laura Charles. Yeah, and she's just getting back from like buying groceries or something like that. Perfect timing. Yeah, so uh, he, he explains to her about her mission, and she's like, hey, wait here, give me five minutes, I'll be right back. And then we get to them in her car, and they're driving, and you know he's just explaining more about the, the actual mission, you know, this, this is what's been going on. Did you catch what she was wearing? No, I didn't. She was wearing like a Chinese traditional clothing. <laughs> <laughs> so she was trying to match with him. Basically, ah, uh, that's the five minutes she was talking about. Yeah, so that's she wanted to go funny. change. So she wanted to go change her wardrobe to match what he was wearing. Um, that's funny. It is funny. Um, and uh, the, the uh, he has his talk uh, about the friend. I I have this friend who likes a girl. You know, he's really shy, and she's like, oh, you know, I can show you moves, Leroy. He goes, no, 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 I'm talking about my friend. She goes, oh, right, your friend. Sure. Like, <laughs> it, so does that show, like, Leroy's maturity level for yeah. him to, to really think that she would buy that? Yeah. But it's so funny because Tymok, he plays it really naturally, too. Like, I really believed Leroy's character really believed what he was saying. Yeah. So he did a really good job there. I thought it was funny. And Vanity, she did a good job, too, kind of like, Oh right, your friend, you know. So mm. uh, I thought that was a really funny scene. Do you, do you know for sure if she if it was groceries that she bought? Maybe it was a clothes. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was just about to say. I don't think it's a clothes because just recently they just had that little spat, right? And because she, when she saw him, you know, he's like, "I'm here to apologize," and I think she made some some comment like, uh, "Oh, I, I thought I was one of your, I was on your." Um, uh, I guess I'm not on the list of favorite people. Yeah, most favorite people list or something like that. Yeah. So she says that. So I, I, I wouldn't think it's closed because mm. she, maybe at that time, she didn't think she would see him again soon, that soon. You know? And I, I got to say at this point, for someone as pretty as Laura Charles, why does she not have a boyfriend in the in the? They should have, you know, it, for her to be like this big celebrity working at a place with no security and to be <laughs> as pretty with no boyfriend. Well, not all celebrity performers want to have a boyfriend not everybody they... is shallow is what you're saying yeah <laughs> unless they see someone love at first sight perhaps that they're visually attracted to right okay yeah we'll go with that and so um richie and his friends um they go to seventh heaven and richie is very determined to to meet lord charles he stands at the main entrance. Oh no, no, isn't it like the the stars um, entrance, where, where like where she would walk through? Uh I think it's funny because it's labeled too. Like you, you don't think, think that's so, safe. Yeah. But how how secure and safe is this place anyway? <laughs> how, how secure is anything in this movie? This is true. <laughs> and so she takes uh, she takes Leroy inside. That's where they head to, and she plays a video, uh, a music video for him, and it's kind of. Um, Cuts of Bruce Lee movies are are put into the music video. So Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee, Leroy is amused, right? Because mm-hmm. he's seeing the videos and he, so he's like fighting along, you know, displaying the moves as Bruce Lee is doing them. And and this is when like Richie, um, you know, him and his friends they they get to sneak in because they heard music, right, playing from outside. And then uh, they they kind of share a kiss, right? Um, uh, Leroy and uh, Laura. Laura. Yeah, I'm starting to mix up names here. And and then Richie realizes that it's his brother, and, and he gets mad. Th- does he shout something out at this time? 
No, he no, gets he the idea. No, because now, now he's seeing that the uh, from the Chinese connection, the Bruce Lee movie, where uh, Bruce Lee is in disguise. So he gets the bright idea to maybe go back to s- some some dumb guy well, in a disguise. About, you just said Richie. You said Richie gets the idea. Oh, okay, my bad. Leroy gets the idea. And so he takes off, and then that's when Richie shouts down, right? Like, oh, you left you, didn't he? Or something like that, right? Is that yeah. at this point? Yeah. Okay. Right. And then this is where, um, like, LC says to come down, but but runs into Eddie and Rock, who found them their way inside this building as well. Uh, it kind of reminds me of, of Star Labs, how people just randomly walk into Star Labs as everyone's working in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. I was just wondering how Richie, Richie and his friends knew that Laura was going to be there because it just seemed like Laura was the only person there bringing Leroy there. Like, there was no public announcement. There is no waiting outside, <laughs> no lines of people. It's a, well, I, 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 I want to say... I want to say when they went there, uh, Richie was just basically saying that he was determined to just sit there until she gets there. I, I'm pretty sure that's what he was saying, you know, with his friends. Well, if if okay, uh, the the only problem with that is if he was willing to wait there until she gets there, then why would his friends wait like day or two until she gets there with him? If they only thought she was gonna be there for like, th- or if they thought that she was gonna be there in like ten twenty minutes. I couldn't tell you. Just again, happenstance, you know, movie times, I guess. You know, maybe, maybe, uh, Leroy and Laura was actually long, they're longer than we actually, you know, see on TV. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but is this where we go? No, we, we, um, so Angie, uh, seeks out Leroy. She goes to his dojo, but then she finds Johnny. Did you get the vibe that they, maybe they were kind of vibing on each other a little bit? Johnny and Angie. And Angie. Yeah, it just seems like Angie was a little bit older, though. She is. Oh, she was, yeah, she was a lot older. Um, at least 15, 20 years, uh, I, I would think. You know, I think Johnny was supposed to be like a teenager, and she was kind of like in her mid-30s. Like a mom and a mid- son. She, maybe an aunt and a nephew. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you know, maybe a little bit closer than the agent. Let's just say about 15 years, you know. But yeah, he he does some of his, you know, kung fu moves with the the whole, you know, a li- little bit of sound. Uh, no, wait. A little, little bit, bit of, of noise. A little bit, uh, little bit of noise. A little bit of moves. A little bit of oriental. A little bit of moves. A little yeah, bit of, a lot of, of, lot, lots of attitude. Lots of attitude, yeah. So he was trying to give that to her, and she was like, ooh, you know, just kind of like... Um, Kind of feeling him a little bit, you know, and but uh, she she wanted to pass on the message that Eddie was out uh, out to get Leroy, basically, right? And and that was uh, and she was just like he's going crazy, you know, and and that was pretty much it. And then we see uh, Eddie; he's running the boards at Seventh Heaven, so now he's kind of playing the VJ, and he plays like a uh, music video by some artist named Charlene. I didn't look up to see if she's actually a real artist, but he seems to be. He seems to really like her. And actually, you know what? I thought her song was actually pretty good. So I don't know if you caught that or had any thoughts on that song. For uh, Fire? Is that the name of the song? Charlene, right? He he was playing her video and he's like, oh, who's she? Does she have a manager? You know, and it, it seemed like it was an artist that he was going to try to seek out to, to see if he could manage her or something. Yeah, Fire. Fire. Because uh, he's like, what's Somebody this song? It. And then Rock's like, 
fire by Charlene. Yeah. Well, I, he did, he just said fire. He didn't say by Charlene. Well, know. somebody said Charlene because I, I I wrote that down. I don't know. But so so we see that that's just a quick scene, and then we go back to um to the Asians again, and and this time, uh, Leroy shows up in a disguise. And what did you say that he looked like? No. Oh, Bruno Mars. <laughs> he looked like Bruno Mars. Yeah. So he was wearing the the Bruno Mars uh a hat, and you know his hair is curly, kind of kind of like Bruno Mars, and. Yeah, he he had, you know, one of those old school shirts that was kind of like uh, not buttoned up all the way, you know, and yeah, he, he kind of did. Yeah, I thought I thought it was actually pretty funny when you said that, and so I I put that down as my notes too. Uh, Leroy looking like Bruno Mars, hmm. and and then uh, he, how did he get in? Oh, he had a pizza yeah. with bean sprouts on it. <laughs> so. So I don't know who's being racist. Were the filmmakers being racist by making it a bean sprout pizza, or, or was Bruce uh, Bruce Leroy here thinking that they were gonna like bean sprouts for bringing bean sprout pizza? Bean sprouts, the white ones. Yeah. I was thinking of green beans no, the, the whole time. Yeah, the white ones you put in pho. Yeah. <laughs> huh. That actually kind of sounds kind of good. I want I want to try that now. I'd try it. Yeah, try it. it doesn't sound that bad, but. So so maybe it would maybe it would worked <laughs> on us. <laughs> yeah, so so maybe we would have been like, Yeah, come on in with that pizza, I'll give it a shot. So yeah, I found that kind of funny that it was bean sprouts um on the pizza. But it didn't sound like those guys were even really interested. But they bring him in, they they offer him a little bit of drinks and a little bit of weed, uh which he turns down and but we do uh cut back to him. And and it, he's giving them instructions, you know, because they ask him like, you know, let's play craps, right? So we get this up shot, you know, like a upper body shot, and he's about to say, all right, you got to do it the way I taught you guys. And then it pans out, and it sh- it shows like the ground, and they they're playing hopscotch yeah. <laughs> with the dice. So um, I thought that was really funny. Did did you have any other thoughts about that scene? I just thought it was really funny because um, you know they're they're playing craps, and then uh, they're they're smoking, they're drinking. It's a it's a it's a bad scene. I don't mean like bad, bad scene. I mean like it's not a. Kind of like the scene earlier. It's just kind of a. It's not a good person scene. What do you mean? Like, like an interaction? Like, no, 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 like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's, uh, it's not a very clean scene. Like with the drugs and the smoking and stuff like that. Yeah, but it is PG thirteen. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not saying like in terms of that. I just mean like. I just mean it's not a very clean scene, and I just think it's funny that they're playing. That our leader, I guess, will play hopscotch. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then so he he shows her the medallion, and you know he's pleading. You know, I, I would like to see the master. You know, I have this, and they're speaking in Chinese, and they don't really. Uh, give us any subtitles or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, we'll take you. So they lead him outside and say, hey, wait here while we get the master. And obviously they're not going to let him back in, right? But they lead him outside. Mm-hmm. So we see them inside, and I forget what they're exactly doing, but Leroy kicks the door down and you know demands to see the master. And they, they finally um, let him in. So they take him to go see the master, come to find out that it was a fortune cookie machine. <laughs> Did you think that fortune uh, cookie machine looked real? Like the screen it, looked a little funny. It kind of looked fake to me. Like, um, not the machine, but the screen, right? No, the whole machine. Oh, the whole machine. I mean, I don't know what a fortune cookie machine looks like. But... Well, in my head, I can kind of see hands. Like <laughs> that sounds real. Like, 
there, like there's a computer screen and then you can see two hands like moving around like like it's a robot but disneyfied because like for some reason when i'm visualizing it right now i can see mickey mouse hand gloves you're watching as... too much uh, willy wonka i don't know my head hurts <laughs> <laughs> we will move on <laughs> okay uh but yeah he finds out that it's a fortune cookie machine basically and they called it the master to what to sell more fortune fortune cookies yeah, they yeah, said they, uh, they created the master to sell more fortune cookies. Okay. So he goes back to his master, and the guy was packing. And I kind of thought it was funny because in my mind, I, I was kind of rewriting the scene as in, like, oh, I was hoping to, to be gone by the time you get back, finding out that the, it was just a machine. <laughs> and, but, yeah, he, uh... Boy, what? Did the... Did his did Leroy's master know that it was the master was a machine? Yeah, he he sent him on like a wild goose chase. Oh yeah, because I mean, like... he he was trying to explain them in the scene that look, the, you got to find it within yourself. You know, he he's pointing at his head, like you know, it's it's inside you. You just need to tap into this yourself. You know, kind of kind of like the Force in Star Wars. You know, like it's in yourself. You just got to find it, right? right? So so that's basically what he's telling him about the glow. You know, like you've been looking for something in the physical sense but it's like it's a mental thing it, it's 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 a mind over matter i i think maybe i'm just trying to sound smart and that didn't come out right <laughs> but uh so i i kind of like this so he, he's like you know you got to seek the master within yourself basically and so he's like okay well if if you will excuse me i got a plane to, to catch and leroy's like oh are you gonna go on your journey to to find peace or whatever he goes no, I'm going to Miami and go visit my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was really funny. This, uh, what did you think of the sensei? I thought he was pretty comical too. He reminded me of Mr. Miyagi and I think he was supposed to, yeah. And uh, some other funny character, um, Goku's grandfather. I never watched Dragon Ball Z. I never either. <laughs> um, but I remember watching Dragon Ball Z Evolution, which was the movie that made in, like, 2009, 2011, I think. Oh, that's where Goku wasn't Asian. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I forgot the actor's name, but, okay. Um, We're not racist, folks. I know we keep talking, <laughs> about, talking about the different ethnicities it's, it's and races. It's just this episode today. It is, uh, it is this movie. Um, nothing. To, I don't want to take anything from the movie, though, but... I like you all. Yes, we, we love we love our fans. Um, so the next scene, Leroy is uh, he's gearing up to go to uh, rescue Laura. You know, he's at the dojo. He's got his ninja suit on. He's uh, getting ninja stars and such uh, nunchucks. And then uh, Johnny's there. He's like, "Yeah, you know, let me come help you." And blah 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 blah. And then Leroy's like, "Yeah, okay, come along." And then Johnny's like, "Wait, what?" He's like, "Yeah, but do you plan to fight with just your bare hands?" So Johnny goes into the um, the Weapons, weapons supply closet. closet. Yeah, weapons closet, and then Leroy locks him up again, <laughs> trying trying to you know protect his students, right? So he he wants to do this alone, as most heroes of the movies do. You know they want to do it alone, and and then uh, we go to Seventh Heaven, and we see uh, Eddie. He sees Leroy on the security monitor, so so they don't have security guards. They have a monitor again, <laughs> kind of like Star Labs, like. I don't know if you got into that scene yet, but like it, it just seems like there's there's nobody around yeah, to protect, no, no one to protect Laura, and so Eddie knows he's coming, right? Mm -hmm. And then we get a quick scene. Johnny gets rescued by little Ernie Reyes Jr., who plays a kid named Ty. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Leroy gets to the main stage to find himself surrounded by a bunch of crazy-looking guys, and they all fight. It's a pretty big fight. 
Johnny brings back up, you know, there's really nothing to explain here. It's just, it's, it's a fighting scene. Um, and then uh, after the fight, did, did, did you like any of the sequences? What about when Johnny and Ty team up? I like it when Johnny and Ty teamed up because okay. uh, it, was, it was really funny to watch that little body flinging around and stuff, fighting all those big guys. If, but, you, uh, if you like that, you actually might enjoy uh, Three Ninjas. I, I do enjoy Three Ninjas. Okay, I don't, I don't. I just don't remember when the last time you might have seen it. I'm pretty sure it was with you. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was with you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, maybe that's one we can do, too. Um, but Leroy, he gets... Um, he was able to find Eddie. Um, I guess he follow, followed him to a warehouse nearby. You know, and... Rock was there too. They took uh, they took Laura, and Richie was able to follow as well. So, so Leroy followed Eddie, Rock, and Laura, and then Richie follows Leroy. Well, where, where did Richie come from? Oh, that's from right. He was he was tied panel. up. Yeah, he was tied up, and I I, I kind of liked it too because he was tied he, up with the rope. He couldn't open it or he couldn't close his mouth. And and he was popping was, and locking, yeah. you know, to get out of that. So I, I thought that was pretty cool, uh, to to see him do that. And uh, what happened after that? Richie gets attacked uh, uh, by Brock, and then he he gets thrown by Beast, right? Because uh, Show Enough is there too with his mm-hmm. crew. So Beast, you know, lifts him up, throws him, and then um, Richie knocks his head on a metal. Uh, it's not a fire hydrant, was it? it no, was it's a it's a metal uh, fire extinguisher. No, no, <laughs> it's a metal. It holds gas, a gas canister. A gas a gas can really? No, no, not a gas can, but like gas you know, those, uh, um, I think I know what you're talking about. Is it? You sure it's gas? I I feel like that's like a, like an oxygen tank kind oxygen, of. Oxygen. There you go. Right there. Right there. There yeah. you go. Oxygen tank. See, oh. if you just let me continue talking, I would have figured it out. No. <laughs> okay. Um. So he he got knocked out temporarily, and then he gets up. Leroy goes over to him after beating up the other guys, and then. He, he finds a cage with a chain and was able to lock him up. So Leroy likes to lock people up in cages. <laughs> it's a thing. This is the second uh, second guy he's done this in like an hour, <laughs> probably in, his, in in a span of an hour. Uh, but then we get to the big fight with Show Enough, right? Mm-hmm. And somehow during the fight, um, Show Enough gets the red glow. So he must have powered up by hitting the run button, you know, like in Mortal Kombat or something. I'm not sure. The run button. But he gets the glow somehow. <laughs> just out of nowhere he gets the red glow and then so he kind of kicks Leroy's butt for a little bit takes him down and then we get that scene where um uh he's he's like dunking Leroy's head into water right mm-hmm. and he keeps coming up and he's like who's the baddest and and Leroy won't, won't answer right or it, does he say something that's he not keeps showing on, up he, he, he keeps no he doesn't okay and so then th- he gets flashbacks too, right? Of all his training and Leroy all these does, good things, yeah. right? And then I guess he comes to his senses and realizes that he's the master. Mm-hmm. And, th- and then he says, Me, right? Because uh, so show enough is repeat, show enough is repeatedly, show enough is repeatedly dunking Leroy back and forth in the tank, uh, asking him who's the master, like over and over and over and over and over. Right. So then Leroy just comes to his senses and, like, I am. Yes, and then he gets the glow, and what is it? Yellowish orange. Yellowish orange, and it's his whole body. Gold. Yeah. Would you say it's more gold? Yeah, that, that, that's that's probably fair. Yeah. But um, he gets the glow to his whole body rather than just his hands, unlike Shonuf. Right, 
And so they have the fight. And what do you think of the effects? Do you think they were bad? No, they're horrible. <laughs> but even for its time, do you think it was okay for its time too? I don't. I didn't no, think it was horrible. that bad. Really, you thought it was really bad? Because when the Back to the Future come out, I mean, those were probably better. Yeah, but Back to the Future has some problems too. Uh, yeah, as but, far as their CGI, I mean, but yeah, this, okay. This is more like slash cartoon. Yeah, but but who? I mean, do you, you think uh, Last Dragon had a big budget like Back to the Future though? Probably uh, not. I don't. I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. See, so I mean, we we gotta think about that too. So let's knock on that one. Not knock on that one because I I actually think they were they weren't that bad for for eighty five for, for for that movie, but um. So he defeats Shonuf, and it wasn't a really big defeat, too, right? Were you satisfied with that defeat? Uh, I was, was kind of hoping he finished him. Yeah, or at least something a little bit bigger. But but Leroy does he knocked him into a tank. Yeah, and and then Eddie, where was Eddie this whole time? Because now he has a gun. <laughs> he was holding Laura hostage. Yeah, and holding a gun to her head, watching watching it all unravel. He was hoping Shonuf would beat him. Oh right. And then, so, he decides to shoot Leroy, which, you know, if, I, I guess for first-time watchers, maybe you thought he was shot. Because it was actually, the, the the scene was shot well. So, you know, I would have believed he had been shot. But, you know, it was foreshadowed earlier in the movie where, what did Shonuf say? He said, I heard he can, or I've heard stories where he caught bullets between your teeth. And we see, uh, <laughs> it was kind of funny, too, when he does it. Leroy mm-hmm. turns around and shows the, you know, the, the round still, like, in between his teeth. So he's gritting it in between his top and bottom teeth. My, my question is, uh, how did he do that? If he, if he can karate chop an arrow he, in half. He karate he chopped an arrow in half, but... He's fast. Did he need the glow to do that? Was he still glowing? I that's, don't think he was. That's my question. You know, I think I think once you glow, you're 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 golden. I think that's it. You then, just you're just you a master. Stay that way forever. Yeah, but, and you just don't see the glow, but you just glow, and then you just become per- permanently like. Well, I mean, Shonuf was flickering in and out, so maybe it just comes and goes. Mm. But Shonuf had, I wouldn't call him the glow though. Yeah, he used it. Yeah. No, that's a, I guess that's a good, valid question. Uh, I just don't have an answer. Um, so, let me see. He, uh, Leroy gets up, and he hangs Eddie on some chains, right, for the police. That was also anticlimactic. I would have punched him as I hung him. Yeah. And and, van- and he vanishes again. <laughs> uh, you would think Laura would keep an eye on him a little bit better. <laughs> right, so we get back to 7th Heaven. How much time do you think has passed? 15 minutes. Do you think so? Let me let me tell you why I don't think so. Because this is the contest that Richie's been talking about, right? 10 minutes. Okay. 10 minutes? Come on. Everybody's wearing all white. Everyone's all clean and, you know, look like they had showered and stuff, right? Doesn't look like they were just fighting. Okay. Right. And now, um, some time must have passed for Laura. You can see it in her in her body language that she's just... You know, been feeling some type of way for for some time now. She's just like out of it, just not really paying attention to anything. And now here's here's the the clue that this might have been longer than your 15 minutes here. But Ty, little Ernie Reyes Jr., Ty and Richie had some kind of handshake that they did when they were dancing on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. So when did they meet? <laughs> right, because Ty was still fighting when Richie was following Leroy, when when Leroy was following Eddie. 
Oh, oh, no. I thought you were talking about when they go back to the dance club, not... They do, yeah. Like, after Laura and Richie, after the after Leroy and Shona fight, they uh-huh. go back to the warehouse. Right. And nobody's... And they're, they're just finishing up, cleaning up the bad guys? Yeah. Right after that, it, it cuts to the uh, to Seventh Heaven. Are you you're, you're saying when it... I don't think we're on the same page here. Probably. It doesn't sound like it. <laughs> so... Leroy disappears. Yes. Then you see Richie and Laura going to back to the club. They're at the club. You don't see them going to it. Well, they're, they're at the club. Yeah. Right. And Ty is there. Everybody's all wearing white. So that's that must have been some kind of theme for that night where they have to wear white. So nobody was wearing what they were wearing at that warehouse. Everyone, okay. So yeah, it wasn't every, it wasn't fifteen minutes. Right. I don't um, even think it was the same day. Okay. Because uh, uh, I think it was again, the next day. I think it was the very next day. Because it seems like Laura. When did Ty and Richie meet to 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 come up with this handshake of theirs that they were doing on the dance floor? The day that Leroy and Shona <laughs> fought. Like, hey, we are going to be good friends. No. Okay. So th- this is what I think was happened. Okay. So after Shona and Leroy fight. Laura and Richie go back to Seventh Wonders and they all talk and stuff and they're like, hey, where's Leroy? Blah, 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 blah. And Richie and Ty meet up and stuff and they just hang out and stuff. And then the next day, because Laura seems so surprised and stuff to see Leroy, um, it's like the first time since the uh, since before Leroy fought, show enough. So it's only been a day that passed. But they still came up with a really cool handshake. Yeah, but but let's. I I actually just came up with this while you were talking. But Ty is a is a pupil of Leroy, right? Maybe Ty met Richie because Richie's his brother. So maybe they met before, but the handshake thing was probably recently because like Ty was one of the guys that got Leroy's back. That makes right? sense at the club. That so, makes sense. Yeah. So you know, it could have been at least a day. So. I'll buy that for a dollar. And anyway, <laughs> we we see that, uh, yeah, so Leroy, you know, he's there, makes up with Laura, and he's trying to say something to her, but the music's so loud she can't hear him. And he repeats it a couple of times, and she's like, what? And then we see one of the producers say, let's cut to commercial. So they cut the music, and then he shouts out loudly, can you show me some moves? And and then uh, I think one of Richie's friends, he's like, oh, what a cornball, or something like that, right? Everybody laughs, and then Richie's friend's like, oh, what a cornball, or something like that. And then Richie's like, that's not cornball, that's my brother. Right. So there's a story arc for Richie. So he's kind of, you know, turned around and has accepted Leroy as as his brother now. Only because he's cool now. (laughs) Well, because he finally uh, fought Shonuf. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think, so you don't think that was, that he's turned around for the wrong reason? Yes, I think it's her <laughs> for the wrong reason. Like, oh, cool! So you can actually fight and stuff. Okay, you're cool. Yeah. All right. You, so you don't like Richie and Johnny? Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I have. I'm in the middle about Johnny, but I hate Richie. <laughs> yeah. I okay. So that's the end of the movie. Um, I I still think this movie is is, is really good. You know some of the graphics. You're, you're kind of right. They're, they're they're not great, but again, it's it's from the '80s. You know, with a movie that probably didn't have a very big budget at all. I think the music are also pretty good. Everything except for Angie's music. <laughs> <laughs> um, the rhythm of the night is is one of my favorite songs. It's one of my favorite '80s uh, songs. 
Uh, I did read that song. It was nominated for Best Original Song for a Golden Globe. Really? It didn't win, but it got nominated. Okay, so, I mean, I think that song still holds up. That comes on. You know, I want to tap my foot or something. Who sang that song? Uh, DeBarge. Okay. Oh, DeBarge. And and um, Tymok, you know, I think he, like, I can't imagine anybody else being, uh, being Leroy Green. And here's the thing. There's a fun fact that I think he was the second choice. You know, kind of like you, it's funny because we kept on referencing Back to the Future during this episode. You know, uh, Michael J. Fox was the second choice. Well, so was Tymok. He was the second choice. I don't remember who the first guy was, but I've seen the picture, and I was like, there was no way I could imagine this guy being, being you know, known as Le- uh, Leroy Green. <laughs> so, but I don't know. I still, I still enjoy this. Show enough is such an iconic villain. You know, from the '80s. And there's still a lot of lines that are very quotable. I didn't remember Johnny being such a comedic relief, but he was funny. The only thing I don't like in here were those Asian guys, you know, that they thought they were just too cool for school or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they were really really cringe-worthy. But despite that, I still think this movie is that good, and I'm going to give it a four and a half. It's not a perfect movie. I don't really have a whole lot of issues with it, but I still really enjoyed it. But maybe if those Asian guys weren't as bad, it could have been like a five for me. But I still, I mean, I still love the movie, you know. Right. So I think four and a half is pretty good. Um, for me, yes, I, I really did enjoy the movie. I didn't have too many faults with it. I'd probably have to give it a four and a half as well. Um, Do you like Rhythm of the Night? You think that's a pretty good song? I mean, I, I didn't pay too much attention to it. Uh I didn't focus on the music as well as I paid attention to little details like hair. <laughs> um, so yeah, four four and a half uh, mainly because of Richie. Uh, everything else, I really I really liked the movie. Um, seeing it for the second time felt like I was watching it for the first time again. So that that was a, that, that was a little nice. Um, yeah, probably after the movie. Uh, since they're so young, maybe Laura and Leroy date, maybe break up because she's a celebrity and that happens a lot. Yeah, but I mean, if anything, uh, we learn if there's anything that we learned from this movie about her, it, it she seemed to not care about a lot of the things that she was just really into Leroy. So you know, I think they make it, they get married and stuff, and maybe they have a kid that um, has a glow too, <laughs> <laughs> the next last dragon. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, let's go ahead and get into our listeners' feedback. Okay, this uh, particular recording, we did have to postpone, but I did put it out and uh, we didn't get anybody to to mail in uh, about this particular episode. So no new iTunes review. However, we did get an email. From RayGFX at gmail.com. I can't even remember how I came across Hijack Level 4, but I'm very happy I did. I'm not a huge movie kind of person. In fact, the last movie I saw in the theater was Braveheart, which was sometime in the 90s. Anyway, so when I first started to listen, I was pretty skeptical that I was going to actually enjoy the show. However, I have to say I love it. You guys review all the classics of my childhood. I started at the beginning with episode number one, Robocop, not really sure on what to expect. In fact, I didn't even read the description of the show, so what a great surprise that it was a father and son team. Anyway, let me get right down to it. You guys cover awesome movies. I'm about 15 episodes in at the moment, and I like that you take on telling the general outline from beginning to end with clever and quick commentary in between scenes, followed by a quick 5-star rating system. Quick side note on the Robocop episode when you played the listener feedback intro and then said we don't have any feedback. 
It may have been one of the funniest things I've ever heard. I was laughing so hard. Not sure it was meant to be funny, but it was. Let me pause you right there. It was meant to be funny because it was our first episode and I wanted to play the sound of the listener feedback, which, you know, has since changed. But yes, it was played to be funny and thank you for laughing. When you guys covered Coming to America, oh my freaking gosh, this was Eddie Murphy in his prime. He was hilarious back then and that movie is nothing short of brilliant. You guys nailed it with this one. I think you took just the right amount of time covering each character in detail at the same time moving the story along. I was laughing hysterically driving around thinking of all those funny scenes and lines from the movie. What a great trip down memory lane. I love that when you covered Spaceballs, which you guys killed it and one of my all-time favorites, you added little clips from the movie which you guys should do this on all of the episodes, by the way. I found it so fun listening to you guys cover this one and going down memory lane. It's been at least 20 years. Although, you left out one of the funniest lines, in my opinion. Dear me, what are those things coming out of her nose? Hey, hey, watch my helmet. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, uh, space balls? Oh, there goes the planet. When you covered X-Men Days of Future Past, you guys prefaced the show by giving your expertise level on X-Men slash comic books so that the crazy comic book fans out there don't unite to destroy you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> also, you were joined by Phil, who was a great addition to the show. He definitely added a lot of perspective and was very engaging. You guys had me at various points thinking, wow, they're right, that doesn't add up. I, in example, Bone Claws and when did he get them? I can go on and on about all the episodes, but I'll keep this short for now and simply say I truly enjoy your show. I absolutely love that you guys are a father and son team. Peter, you know how hard it is to find stuff you can do with your kids and bond while doing it. Phoenix, I enjoy a little commentary in between your dad's overview of the movies and I can see the growth in your commentary as you guys grow as podcasters. I've always wanted to start a podcast with just the cast of crazies I call my family, and hearing you and Phoenix inspired me to do so. So currently, we are doing all the show prep done to start it. That's a direct result of being inspired by you guys, and I thank you both from the bottom of my heart. Thanks, Ray and Danielle. All right, thanks, Ray and Danielle. They are the um, the hosts from the Naked Porch podcast. Definitely check them out. Appreciate the email. Like when I got that, that. It made me feel like the hard work that we've done, you know, this past year that this this is the email I've been waiting for, you know, that it made me feel like it it was worth it. So uh, thank you guys again. And hopefully listeners go check uh, the show out. You know, I enjoy it. They're on my regular rotation. They talk about like different issues and things that they kind of read up for every episode. So give them a listen. iTunes and Stitcher. Give them, you know, rating review. And speaking of rating review, uh, we didn't get any new iTunes review at this time. But uh, please do so. That will really help out our show. Uh, if you would like to email in for any of the past episodes like Ray, Ray and Danielle have, you can do so at hlfpodcast at gmail.com. If you guys want to follow us on Instagram or Twitter, that's at HLF Podcast. And give us a like on Facebook. Let us know that you're out there listening. Uh, we post a lot of random things out there. So, And for those that don't know, I do a second podcast. Uh, my, uh, the other host is uh, Mike from War Machine vs. War Horse. You guys might have heard him on some previous episodes. But him and I, we have a podcast called Original Remake. And we basically review and discuss a movie and its remake. So got a few episodes out. Check us out on Twitter. Uh, find us 
on following films. That's another thing. Phoenix, we have not announced yet that our show, Hydrate Level 4, is now part of the Following Films Podcast Network. Mm -hmm. So everybody, please go check out www.followingfilms.com. It will um, that's the link that will go to all the other shows that are on there. So check us out if you like what we do here. Check out our, the other shows on there. Um, there's something for everybody. Very interesting stuff. And so a lot of those other shows they've been um, guests on ours as well, and vice versa. So um, check us out. So do you want to pick us something out now, or do you want to think about it offline? You said you didn't go. You you said you didn't grow up with the Jurassic Park, correct? Well, I, I kind of did, but it, it wasn't like one of my favorites growing up. You know, I, I enjoyed the first movie. I don't remember two or um, uh, The Lost World very much. Right. Well, I, I was just thinking about the original. Yeah, but I don't know if I'm going to watch the new one. It's a thing. Right. So, I mean, you, you don't need to, to ah. have to do this. So we'll, we'll, I guess we'll do it offline then. Okay, so until the next episode, I'm Peter. I'm Phoenix. And this is Hydrate Level 4. Peter, how's it going? Doing good. How are you doing? Can you hear me okay? I can. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you just uh, just fine. Um, all right, Craig, can you tell us about your site and uh, when when did you get the idea to start it? Yeah, well, I've been doing this for a long time. It came out from, so I'm, uh, I was born in the mid-70s. So I was in high school in the 90s, and uh, I love The Last Dragon. Uh, big time and really no where I grew up nobody really even knew the movie and it all started back then um, I mean it's going since I was 10 year old in, in you know, 1985 but in high school I put in my yearbook that you know in your ambition I wanted to find Leroy Green that was my ambition so that's Bruce Leroy that's his name in the movie so when the internet came out and it started getting popular in the mid 90s probably like 95 96 um, you know, where everybody else was trying to look at porn and find girls online, here I was. I was trying to find information about The Last Dragon. I was trying to find Bruce Leroy. I was trying to find the glow. So I, um, I couldn't find much. I found a couple of sites. So what I did is, um, since I couldn't find anything, I made something myself. Uh, I was in the Internet, Introduction to the Internet course in university in 1996. We had a project to uh, start a website. So on my website, I had one page about The Last Dragon, and that page became really popular, and all kinds of people visited. I started learning that other people were infatuated with this movie, too. And then later, when I actually got into uh, Internet marketing, I built another site. And that really became popular. And then I did a blog, and then I started a Facebook page, and a Twitter account, and Instagram. It just kept growing and growing and growing and to the point where, you know, I'm almost about to reach 11,000 fans on, on Facebook. So it's really exploded. There's a lot of people, like, 
I always tell people they think they're alone in loving this movie, but there's you know there's thousands of us that are not only like but infatuated with this movie. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And you know, for anybody that is a fan of this movie, th- you know, they should be following this this site of yours. And not only that, it should be bookmarked. Um, you, Thank you, you. Yeah, you constantly post uh, uh, a lot of good stuff on here. You know, you recently just posted that the um, uh, the Last Dragon is finally getting a Blu-ray release. And yeah. that, that's 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 really awesome too. And in here, I see that um, you. you it, it seems that you uh, are at a lot of the um, you know conventions, and you seem to be moderating like the Q and As with the uh, cast from the movie. Yes, yeah, so that started early last year. The first one I did, we did one just outside of Detroit, and that was the first time the cast had ever been back together. So we got. Glenn Eaton, who played Johnny Yu, and Ernie Reyes Jr., who a lot of people know from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, who was, you know, about 12 years old in The Last Dragon. It was his first movie. And, of course, we got Ty Mock, uh, Bruce Leroy. And, yeah, it was the first time they were together, and we did a, a little panel, and people really loved it. And then that led to a much bigger one in New York that was a much bigger reunion that brought out, you know, Eddie Arcadian. It brought out the uh, some of the showing up goons, um, uh, Ron Van Cleef was there, who was a fight coordinator on the film. Um, it was it was really great. And we did a big screening at that one, and that was fantastic. To watch that film again with in a packed theater right in New York where the film was born, you know, it, everybody reciting the lines, it was amazing. Is it kind of like what people think about when they hear, like, the the showings for um, Rocky Horror, uh, the Rocky Horror Pictures? Uh, messing up the title here, but you know where people go in and they dress up like the the characters and they interact with what's on screen as well. Oh, absolutely! I mean, <laughs> everyone's discussion with showing up, right? Every time showing up comes <laughs> out, people are are chanting his lines. And we actually even stopped the film and had um, uh, a guy dressed up as showing up interrupt the movie, and people just went nuts. They loved it. It was great. And he was a wrestler. He's a pro wrestler uh, of California who does a show enough character. In his uh, in his wrestling act, so it was perfect. Uh, Jimmy Mayhem's his name. Do you guys have somebody uh, jump up and uh, smash the radio as well? Yeah, we should. <laughs> <laughs> I've been good. Uh, we did have a little kid though that popped up and said, "I know who can beat you." <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, um, the my my show, it, my my son is my co-host, and the yeah. con- the concept, you know, we we go back and watch movies I grew up with, and and he gives his insights. And um, this movie, I actually, for the review, it was his second time watching it. And he watched it the first time back in 2011 when he was 11 years old. And he liked right. it. You know, and yeah. I, I tweeted out to Time Mock, and I was like, hey, you know, you got a new fan here. And he was like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a classic, you know. And he thought it was really cool that my son was getting into it. Um, because this this movie, like, yeah, I think his, it's not even really an issue. But he, he felt like the, the CGI, you know, the graphics didn't quite hold it. I'm like, look, but it was 85. Yeah. I'm sure the bit yeah, budget yeah, wasn't yeah. huge. <laughs> but that, yeah. that's, that says something for, for uh, you know, he's going on 15 now to still really yeah. enjoy this movie that's 30 years old. Yeah, and, and I find anytime kids watch it, you know, there's, there's always going to be something that can't see past some of the 80s cheese to it. But most, especially, it's almost the younger, the better, because the younger, the younger have that, like, open mind to it, and they don't think about that stuff, and they really enjoy it. My daughter's only three, and I probably shouldn't even let her watch it. <laughs> some of the, it's not that bad, but there's no. some language in it, a little, you know, and uh, she loves it. She started, I, she watched it because I was doing a, a live tweet, and uh, there was no babysitter there, and my, my, my wife wasn't around, 
and I couldn't stop her from watching, and she just wanted to watch it again and again and again. <laughs> and and I'm like, okay, well, she's into it now, and she loves it. She talks about it all the time. Yeah. And, yeah, kids just really – that, that was the question I had for you is I see that you do this with your son, and, you know, what does he think about it? And I'm glad to hear that he likes it. He does pretty good. Uh, the the thing for us is like you know we're we're, uh, we're Asian and we mm-hmm. we uh, the scene where um, Leroy Green goes to um, the name escapes me uh, some dumb goy. Yeah. Yeah. He goes there and then we got the the the, the three Chinese men outside. Yeah, are, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're just like that's a little racial bend. Uh, you know, you got <laughs> gender bender, but this is like racial benders. It, it was a little weird. Yeah. And you know, yeah. I I obviously remember it, but I didn't remember how campy it was. And my right. my son just looked over at me. And he's like, "What is, what is this about?" You know, and <laughs> I'm just like, you know, it was just an era. It was an era, and and we just thought it was really funny how they got the 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 ethnicity reversal here because you know you got right, Lori exactly. Green dressed up in, yeah. in the key and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, they're really. I think the feeling is really to try to break stereotypes is what they're doing. I mean, they did it in a reverse stereotypical way, mm-hmm. but they're truly trying to break it down and make people laugh at this stuff. Like, there's a lot more going on than people really think. Like, you see it as a, a you know martial arts with music, but there's a really there's a lot of, of of good things happening in that movie, and I think that's one of the things that make it, people really like it. But and it's not hammering you over the head with it. It's not a preaching to you, but it's really it's really quite positive and funny and. It, it shows minorities in a positive light, especially in the 80s, that didn't really happen. Like, you didn't have movies that had um, a black lead and a black, uh, uh, both, like the, the lead, the villain, the, uh, the, the, the heroine, the girl, like everyone, you know, and there was Asians in it, like it was, it was a, there was white people in it, it was everything, you know, so right. you didn't see that that often, right? Uh, so it's very interesting, it's, it's, it's interesting to hear from your perspective as well, uh, what, you know, especially your son, what he thinks of that. Yeah, he he still enjoyed it, but you know it, it's it's uh, a product of his time, so he's gonna have a little cheese. Yeah. But it's it, you know me and my friends, we're we're all in in our thirties, and uh, you know there, there's still lines that we quote. Uh, the the soundtrack is awesome. You, you know, um, yeah. I think I once saw like one of those uh, quizzes or something. Well, maybe it wasn't a quiz, but it was a questionnaire online. Just some random mm-hmm. post. Somebody asked, you know, what would be your theme song to you know. To, I don't know if it was to your life or like if you came mm-hmm. out of a box or whatever, but I was just like <laughs> rhythm of the night. Like why not? Yeah. You know that's just an awesome <laughs> song. And for for our review, I had no idea that that song had been nominated for like a best original song. Yeah, it was a hit. It was a, it was a big hit back in the day. Yeah, and that's how a lot of people that don't quite remember the movie. I'm like, you remember the song Rhythm of the Night? Yeah, yeah, no, it's all that came from that movie. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Or you say, like, who's the master? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Kiss right. my Converse. Yes. Like that. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's nuts that there's, you know, there's still memes for it, too. And that, that's one of the most common ones I see is Kiss My Converse. Um, yeah. What are some of your, uh, I, I, is, I'm, I'm sure it's hard to choose, but what are some of your favorite um, scenes from the movie? The scenes? Oh, okay. Oh, I mean, there's so many, like, I've watched it so many times, you get down, like, I start, like, appreciating kind of some of them even you know, lesser-known ones, because there's, there's ones that, that stand out so much, right? Mm-hmm. You know, some of the things I think just still crack me up are, are a lot of stuff with Leo O'Brien in it. Uh, Richie Green, he's the little the little brother who passed away a few years ago. Right. And uh, his, I just think, you know, he's he just steals the show. Like, he's so funny, and he's, he's you know, he's playing like a 13-year-old or 14-year-old, but he's uh, more experienced than his brother. <laughs> and, you know, he's talking about sex and stuff, and it's just, you know, 
you, you got to know the moves, you know, that stuff. I, he's, he's really funny. And, of course, everything we've shown up is, is just great. Like, you want him to have more camera time, and unfortunately he passed away in 2008. So, right. um, you know, we can't even, you know, you can't even relive that in any way. It's just you, you got to, one and done, it's done. You know, you can't get it back. Uh, but he was incredible. But uh, the one thing, uh, another great scene is, is, is Johnny Yu. Um, he's the guy who does the whole Asian thing, right? And he, he says, which is actually, in, in Glenn Eaton, the actor, um, I've met him. Uh, I know him quite well now. We've, we've become friends. And uh, the guy is actually exactly like he was in the movie. Um, oh, that right? So that scene, that, that scene when he's talking about uh, how he doesn't know how to fight, but he, he, people are afraid of Asian dudes. And right. He says, you know, so I just give him a little scream and a little move, and, and they get, and they get afraid. So that came from a real-life story where he actually did that. So oh, he wow. got jumped by a bunch of guys, and then just like, uh, he's, a, he's just a smart-ass like that. He, you know, he's like, all right. He's like, he doesn't, he loves Bruce Lee, and he does this little Bruce Lee move, and he says, so what's it going to be? Uh, one at a time or all together? <laughs> and they all kind of like, whoa, easy. <laughs> and they all backed off and leave him alone, and he told that story to Barry Gordy, and they, they ended up putting it in the, in the film. That's pretty awesome. I, I actually pointed that uh, uh, actual quote out in our review, and I, I um, plan on uh, using the clip from there too because I'm not going to do it justice. But I, I just thought <laughs> it was the most hilarious thing because I don't, I, I didn't remember that line, and I, I asked him, yeah. like, do, "Do you remember what he said?" He goes, "No," and I and I read it back to him. He's like, "Yeah, that's pretty funny." Um, uh, they back back to uh, Richie. It's funny because I kind of remember that in the review, my son and I, I think we had um, a, a different opinion on how we felt about Richie's character. And I think mm -hmm. my my son kind of, he, he, I don't know if he used the word douche, but he was just like, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not really liking the brother. <laughs> and I'm just like, but, you, you know, you got to kind of see it from his point of view, though. Like, yeah, he's not around to see what. Okay, the whole kissing the converse thing. He wasn't around yeah. to know that uh, Leroy was defending his, you know, his students. Yeah, right, right. You know, yep. so I was trying to, you know, point things out like that. And he was like, "Yeah, I guess you're right." But I think ultimately, at the end, like the whatever rating he gave, it, it, like um, Richie, you know, Richie's character kind of affected his grade too. He's like, "I just didn't like him as the brother." <laughs> so yeah, well, that's the, he is like he, he's like that, right? He's he's but he's a true brother in that sense that. You know, brothers don't always get along. Like, they're going to mm -hmm. fight. And I think it was well done in that sense that he really, the whole time he looked up to his brother, and it comes out in the end, but he was just, like, disappointed in him being so weird. Right. And that's part of it, too. Like, that's part of just showing that, um, you know, Leroy didn't fit in anywhere, and he was always considered weird, but it wasn't necessarily a bad thing, which another reason why I think people really like this movie resonates with them. Anyone who's been who feels different or been bullied or any, like the whole movie realized uh, Leroy's really getting bullied and he, you know, puts up over the whole time and you start to even doubt that, well, maybe he really can't beat him. Maybe he's not strong enough, but then when he believes in himself, he, he comes through and he does it. And that's kind of what we all need to do, you know, believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I saw something, I don't know if it was on your personal page or, or the website, but something about some kind of connection to the, um, the, the reboot or the remake that's in the works. You have any, um, well, I have I have no like official connection to it. No, not as of yet, and, unless they reach out to me for some <laughs> consulting. But uh, um, I keep in touch with a lot of the folks in, involved, and uh, so I, I know a little bit what's happening, but it's still um, still up in the air. Right. Um, I know the last time I reached out to Dallas Jackson, who was involved, he still is involved as the, the producer. Um, you know, he's excited that 
uh, with the announcement of the Blu-ray that this could trump up some excitement. So that's what I think what they're really looking for. I think it's really, it's up to the fans. You know, fans make a lot of noise and show they'll support something like that, a reboot, a remake, whatever it is. Um, Sony would would be crazy not to do it because they would make money on it. So with this Blu-ray, if the sales go, sales go well for this, I imagine they'll, they'll put that into, uh, you know, that'll be the driving force behind starting the, the reboot, which is, you know, it's bittersweet. It's like, okay, well, you know, they usually ruin movies when they do that. So I don't, I, at the same time, I love the attention. I'm also really worried that they're going to ruin this movie. Yeah. How did you feel about the Karate Kid remake? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I love the Karate Kid. I love the original. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the new one. Like, I, I did actually like it, but I didn't, I didn't love it the same way I loved the old one. Right. Um, I'm glad they made it, uh, um, a, kind of a, a little little different, so I, I feel like it leaves the other one alone. Like I think the standalone is different, um, so I, it doesn't tarnish the old one. So it, I look at them as two separate movies. Right. So I guess, and maybe that's something I've done to rationalize it. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't hate it. I don't know how you guys how do you feel about it. Um, I, I kind of feel the same way. I feel that they they are two separate movies. Um, yeah. Because uh, you know when I first watched it in the movie theater with my son, who who enjoyed it actually, you know I enjoyed yeah. it too. I go, you know, it's yeah, it, it honored it pretty well. But, yeah, it did, and I think it does a good job for the next generation to introduce it to them, kind of thing, right? Right. They might not watch an older movie. Yeah. Good. Yeah, and yep. so, but I th- yeah, I think it honored it, and um, you know, I, I don't think. I don't think it's as good for sure, but it, mm-hmm. it did a pretty decent job. So I feel like with the remake for the Last Dragon, if they can at least honor it, I, I think you know I think that's pretty good because I don't think yeah, they, I can... no one's gonna say that the the remake of Credit Kid was a failure. I mean, I think it did pretty well right. in the box office. No, I'm sure it did, and and that's the thing. I think as much as fans I know don't want it to happen, right? They don't want the remake. They don't like remakes. No, like you no love a movie so much, you don't want to see it get ruined. So. Mm-hmm. The thing is, we'll still go and support, we'll still go and see it. Right. We want to know, and uh, so that's there. And then it gives them the opportunity if they do a good job uh, to really start something fresh and, and get a whole new generation involved in this. And then, and the goal would be to reboot it and then do, you know, a trilogy, do three more, two more after. So if you can get kids involved in it, bring back, you know, most of the old fans too, then you got something. But they really, yeah, they got to do. They, they got to capture some of their own magic. You can't try to just restore it from the old either. You got to do something a little different. Yeah, I've always thought that maybe, um, and I don't remember his name off the uh, off hand. I, I want to say Gareth Evans of the Raid. Does that sound right? Do you know the the Raid? The movie yeah. Raid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know the movie, but I'm not sure who. Okay, I, I I think that's the the director. So you know, if, okay. if, if yep. listeners you know are yelling at me, that's. <laughs> Yeah, I'm giving the disclaimer. I don't. I'm going to hear it too. I'm going to hear it too. Like, yeah, you should know that. <laughs> you should know that it's the raid. But I feel like somebody. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. If like somebody like him, you know, I, I think in the hands of somebody who has done, you know, a martial arts movie right. that that can depict martial arts correctly. I, I think I think that, that that's the, you know, the minimum I, I would think the fans would yeah. want. Yeah, it's difficult though because you have to also capture that uh, just kind of the urban feel of it too. So not it's hard to get someone who can do it all like that like that you had the, like the Barry Gordy influence was, was actually really huge he, his name wasn't just a task for this Barry Gordy who was the you know the Motown mogul like the head of Motown he had all his hands were right in this he was right in there talking to the actors and changing the, the, the script and 
you know, changing things up to make it more uh, funny, more real. Uh, like whenever I talked to Glenn, e- Glenn Eaton about it, he constantly said he would pull the guys aside and say, you got to do it like this. And he actually, the, originally they wanted the Asian guys, uh, the dancing guys, Sundong Goy, to play very uh, stereotypical Asian. Mm. Um, and uh, he said, no, that's that. Like, this has got to, we got to do something fun. Like, we got to switch it up, get these guys swearing and, and, and acting, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm talking, right. they say back then, right? Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, it worked. Like, you know, some people say what they want about it, but it, it worked definitely. It's just, that's a memorable scene. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I mean, you know, if, if you got, like, somebody like Pharrell or Timbaland to kind of, you know, produce the music i, I think yeah yeah I mean, you got yeah you got to do something like that yeah, yeah that would be awesome i mean we don't we don't need to think of a name right now it could be an unknown actor kind of like timok was right when when he first yeah came. I, I, and I, exactly. I think he was was he second choice or was he first choice because i know there was another guy involved originally yeah uh, there's actor. a there's a lot there's a long story to it but he they they brought him in and then he they uh they turned him around at first and then they brought him back I see. um so yeah i'm not He's got a bio- autobiography coming out soon, so you'll hear all that then. <laughs> okay. So, um, but uh, the one thing, the, the RZA was involved from the Wu-Tang Clan, um, and I don't know if he still is or if it, he ends up doing it. Um, but that, I mean, at first I thought that would be pretty cool because, you know, he's really into martial arts movies, the old mm-hmm. Kaku movies and everything. I thought he'd bring something real to it. Um, but I'm not sure after watching those Iron Fist movies, I'm not positive <laughs> oh yeah i kind of stayed out. away because i haven't heard i haven't heard anything good or bad which kind of means something like you, you like, it, what that tells me is nobody's watching it is the thing yeah there's uh, yeah, i'm not i'm not missing there's, anything no okay. I, it's worth a watch it's worth a watch to see, to see what you think but okay. uh, i i've heard a few people really like them but okay. i think most fans that are really into the the, the, the film the kung fu film don't really like them i see no, that kind of makes sense. Do you know any other like, um, like any behind the scenes trivia uh, about the movie? Oh yeah, tons of it. <laughs> uh, maybe just a couple of your favorite ones that that you are that you can share. Yeah, I mean, well, so I mentioned the uh, the one about um, Glenn Eaton, Johnny Wu, the mm. the real real life story there. Um, the some dumb boy guys. Um, what else is there? Man, there's uh, there's stuff. It's just so much. It's hard to uh, anything with uh, Mr. With Mr. Ernie Ernie Reyes Jr. Uh, well, he was um, it was his first movie, and um, so yeah, a lot of people would know that. A lot of people think you know Red Sonja, mm-hmm. uh, Ninja Turtles. Um, he did a, a Sidekicks, which was like they called the last Electric Night, the first show he did, and it was kind of it almost it looks like when I was a kid, I literally thought it was a, some kind of spinoff of the Last Dragon because he could get this like electrical glow around him when he was, you know, when it was time to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely last dragon influence. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, behind the scenes, I can tell you, he is an amazing, amazing person. That guy is one of the most humble, um, celebrities I've ever met. Um, he loves his fans. He goes out to so many events and will chat and just be real with people and sign autographs. And, you know, he's a great guy. And he's, I don't know if you know, but he's, um, he just uh, suffer a, a kidney um, failure, and uh, he's looking for a kidney transplant right now. So mm-hmm. um, there's uh, on my site, thelastdragontribute.com. There's links to go to his uh, fund me has a fund me going um, to help him raise the money for his uh, kidney transplant. 
Um, so that's, I think he's going to be fine. He'll, he'll work it out. But, uh, yeah, he's an amazing guy. And he worked with his, his dad was one of the fight coordinators on the film. And w- one of the things that I thought was really cool is when we, these guys got together again, I didn't know if they'd like each other, if they'd hang out. Like, I had no idea. And I was actually afraid that it would ruin my love of the movie when I saw these guys together. Right. But when they got together again, Johnny Wu, Glenn Eaton, and, and Ernie did their little, you know, little dance that they do in the movie, like the moment they met each other. Oh, nice. Like, they, it didn't skip a beat. They did it perfectly. Um, you know, these guys hung out. I hung out with them. It was it was so much fun to see how much they liked it. And Ernie, I, wouldn't sure, I wasn't sure if he even remember. You know, he was 12, 13 years old. He had the fondest memories of this movie and was so happy to talk about it. He was so happy that he got invited to it. Um, you know, it was really great. It was a, it was really fun to be around that, to see guys that really... Uh, you know, that really genuinely liked each other. It seemed like and enjoyed making this film. Same thing when I met uh, Christopher Murray, who played Eddie Arcadian. Like, he was really happy to be back into it. All the shown up goons, uh, Kirk Taylor, uh, Lisa Loving, who played the, the, the one white woman, uh, the shown up goons, and um, Janet Bloom. They're all, uh, all great. Yeah. Well, um, now, can you do you have anything coming up that maybe uh, listeners can keep an eye on, or you know, um, you know, maybe give you a plug for the, the website and if you interact on Twitter? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on um, all the social media outlets. So at, at the Last Glow on Twitter and Instagram, we're on Facebook. It's the fan tribute to the Last Dragon. The website is thelastdragontribute.com, and um, of course, you can. The stuff that's going on with the 30th anniversary, there's still Time Lock is still doing screenings of the film in various cities throughout the country. And the way those work is that um, what they what they need now is a um, a promoter or someone like an ambassador in his city to lead the charge and, and set something up, and then he'll go out. So, uh, and the way that can get set up is to go to um, Time Lock's website, which is imtimelock.com, and just go to the contact us information there, and you'll see. Uh, you can contact Demetrius Angelo to set up a, a screening um, in your town. So that, that's pretty exciting stuff. The next one, uh, they just did a big one in, in New York. Uh, there's one coming up in Denver in July um, in a partnership with uh, Alamo Draft House Theaters. And, uh, yeah, and then the next big thing, I get stuff that comes up all the time. Um, uh, but the next, one of the biggest things is, of course, the Blu-ray that's coming out in August 25th. So that's that's pretty cool. And uh, I, I thought it was pretty neat that, you know, I must be doing something right because Sony actually, um, you know, gave me a shout and said, hey, can we work with you on, you know, promoting this and, and, and learning about the fans. And I thought it was really cool that they, they reached out to a fan site about, you know, how do we, you know, how do we do this or, you know, just getting my opinion on the fans' opinion, really, not just me. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool on Sony's behalf. Yeah, well, thank you so much uh, for your time to, to speak with me and about your site. Uh, again, it's it's like the ultimate fan site, you know, for anybody that, you know, enjoyed the movie, needs to go check this out for, I mean, the, the clips alone, you know, it, it's it's, it's kind of like supplemental to, to watching the movie, you know, the, 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 the fun, um, you know, special features that we never really got. So that, that's, that's what you can get from your site. So that's really cool. That's great. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. I mean, it's, I'm a fan, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I just love this movie and, and because the material wasn't out there when I looked for it, I want when someone else goes. So when your son goes and wants to find stuff on this film, I want it to be there for, for him, for, you know, for anyone. Uh, so I think that's important. So if it wasn't there, you know, if you, if you can't, you don't find the book you're looking for, you got to write that book. That's what I did. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
yeah, I'm definitely going to check out that website, see if there's anything I might be able to push over here in Portland, um, you know, try to get some more information on that. that that'd be amazing uh, if, if, if he came up here for, like, a really big screening. Yeah, no, he's game to, he's game to do it. Definitely loves interacting with the fans and doing this stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I don't have anything else for you, so I'll go, let you go so you can go get that haircut. <laughs> Thank you. And I really appreciate uh, you giving me the opportunity to talk with you. It's, it's been fun. And uh, you got a new follower in me as well. I'll be uh, listening to your podcast and following you guys on Twitter. Leroy! A few more stories we could talk about. You, you, you know, you'd asked about some trivia. Yeah. And uh, there was so much in my mind that I was like, oh, wow, let me, <laughs> let me try to pinpoint a few that you know, people will really be interested in. And then sometimes I know so much about the movie that sometimes I forget that there's some things that I take for granted that people may not know. Um, but, you know, one of the things people talk about a lot is that opening scene when uh, the teacher is shooting arrows at uh, Leroy. Right. So a lot of people talk about it. and There's some misconceptions about um, him catching, actually catching arrow in real life. Um, right. And what that comes from is actually it is true that he did really, he chopped the arrow out of the air. So he didn't really catch it, but there is a, it is a real scene where he chops the arrow out of the air. That's, that's from Phil. Um, and they did, uh, you know, they, they took a lot of time in filming that so they could get it right. And, mm -hmm. uh, but the arrows were, they were blunt. They are not like real arrows. They were like shaved down. Right, um, right. So they couldn't get hurt if he did get hit with them. Um, and uh, Timon, the actor who plays Zero, is a, is a true life uh, master of martial arts, many different martial arts. And he's trained, one of his trainers is Ron Van Cleef, who was uh, the Black Dragon back in the 70s, one of the first um, black martial artists, actually the first black mar martial artist to star in a Hong Kong uh, Kung Fu film. Oh, so he was one of his trainers, and, and he still is very active, and uh, uh, he's on Facebook and stuff, and he's... Uh, you know, very still fit and it's amazing. Um, you know, he's still an active martial artist. Um, some other stuff, uh, like Glenn Eaton. A lot of people ask me about Glenn Eaton, who played Johnny. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was telling you that he, you know, he really does, he doesn't really know martial arts. He's really like his character. Like, he's more of a comedian. <laughs> and he mimics Bruce Lee. And he can do perfect Bruce Lee um, impersonations. So not just not just the voice, but the motion. Like, I've seen him do the entire Enter the Dragon scene where they fight underground there, where, when he actually fights Jackie Chan. Uh, right. He's one of the stuntmen. He does that entire scene with the bow staff, and he jumps around, and it, it, he can do it exactly all the noises. <laughs> it's crazy. And, oh, he, but awesome. and he can actually, because he's such a fan of Bruce Lee, he practiced so much that he, he actually knows how to do the nunchuck. So when you see him do that scene with the nunchuck, that's really him doing it. Right, um, and right. he can that's still do impressive. it now. Yeah, we had him... Uh, at the uh, reunion in Detroit in um, last year in March, and uh, you know I had to see him do it, and he and I and I got him some nunchucks and he did it. Like one of the fans bought some nunchucks at another booth, and they gave it to him and he did it. And you can see on the um, we did the discussion panel, and it's on YouTube. Uh, if you looked up like the last Dra last Dragon reunion uh, panel discussion or something like that, you'll I'm sure you'll find it. And uh, while he's talking about it, somebody asked him the question. And while he's talking about it, I handed him. I went into the crowd and grabbed the nunchucks again and handed them to him. And so he did it in front of everybody, and it's pretty cool. Um, is that something like uh, like muscle memory? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, exactly. Like he, okay. yeah, he hasn't done it in so long, and he was kind of nervous. I put him on the spot. Right, <laughs> I I'd seen him do it earlier, so I knew like he, I knew he could do it. Um, right, right. But 
but but yeah, it all it all kind of came back. He's like, yeah, I haven't done this in a while, <laughs> but it, yeah, it all came back. But he used to spend hours and hours as a kid just mimicking everything Bruce Lee did. He was just so into those movies. So yeah, he figured out how to train himself, how to use the nunchucks. And actually, on on the topic of anyway, he's a very interesting guy. He was he was actually supposed to be cast as one of the Sum Dum Doi dancer guys. Um, oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so they meant to put him there. And then his sister, he actually got into the movie because his sister was dating Barry Gordy. Oh, okay. And uh, his sister said, you know, you've got you to gotta tell Barry, you know, you've got to show Barry what kind of guy you are and tell him the stories about your life. And, you know, he told him the story that I, I talked about before about him um, getting jumped mm-hmm. and uh, pretending to know martial arts and getting out of it. And that they, they, so they actually told Barry Gordy that story, and they used that, like, you know, they doctored it up a little bit, but they used that scene really for his, uh, you know, his big scene in the movie where he says, you know, people are afraid of Asian dudes. Right. And, uh, and you, you know, give him a little move and <laughs> a little sound. And um, so that was real life. And, uh, yeah, so he really didn't know martial arts. He just really pretended. And he, he still doesn't to this day, but he fools a lot of martial artists. Like, they see him, like, his movements and, like, how high he can kick and stuff like that. And people are like, you're a real martial artist, aren't you? I'm not really sure. And he always has to say, no, he's, he's not. So it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. And that's it. Uh, yeah. So he wasn't even supposed to, so that whole character, that whole story arc wasn't even in the movie until kind of very late. Uh, they had, there you already had them, had uh, Michael Schultz, the director, add that into the movie. It wasn't written in initially by the, uh, by the writer, from what I understand. Isn't that awesome how that works out sometimes? Yeah, exactly. And it's just, yeah, it just, you know, it's, and it's good to have different new, different minds working on a, on a movie and bringing in new things. Like, the combination of like uh, of Michael Schultz directing, uh, Louis Vinosa writing, and uh, Barry Gordy's influence really made this movie into the uh, you know the cult classic that it is. Without all those guys combined, you know, it just it just wouldn't have happened. Wouldn't have been the movie that it is. Um, do you happen to know like because er- Ernie Reyes Jr. doesn't come in until like the end of the movie, right? Right, and exactly. He, yeah, because because I, I remember for the review, um, you know, I was trying to keep an eye out during that first scene when uh, uh, Show Enough comes into, uh, you know, the dojo, and I, I didn't yeah. see him there. So I was like, yeah. oh, so it was really at the end of the movies when they first. Yeah, him. and that's why he was a late addition. So he only filmed mm. so many scenes because he just they brought him in at the end, and they I worked see. him in as and then a lot of not a lot of people some do not a lot of people realize he's he's Johnny's brother. He's his little oh, brother. Oh, okay. No, yeah, I didn't so it's kind of it's not really because it's not really stated clearly, right? It's just uh, right. But uh, but it is in the script that he's the brother. Yeah, because he goes by. T- I, I know his character's name is Ty, but I yeah. think if they if they give him the last name, it'd be a little bit more. Uh, you know, we we'd get get it. Yeah, Johnny, yeah. you and Ty, you. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to tell. It looks like they're just kind of you know he's kind of a like a, a pseudo big brother, like just hanging out together. But right. He actually is his brother. That is funny. So so one knows martial arts and the other does it. <laughs> the older one doesn't. Exactly. Yeah. One is yeah one of the youngest black belts of all time, <laughs> and uh, yeah the other had no clue. <laughs> Just put on a show. Yeah. And you um, another thing you're asking about, and a lot of people ask about, or, you know, what are the best scenes and what are your your favorite scenes and that sort of thing. And and, and again, there's there's so many to think of. Um, but you know, a couple that really stand out to me is of course is shown off the intro. Um, when he first comes, when he first comes onto the screen, and I think he's one of the greatest interest, entrances of a villain ever. Um, when he comes into the movie theater, you know, mm-hmm. with the um, you know who's the meanest, who's the baddest. Um, that's just incredible. And um, another one is when 
Bruce Leroy first when he first fights. So when um, Vanity gets kidnapped, Laura Charles gets kidnapped, oh, yes, and they're trying man. to throw her in the car, and she's fighting with the person. The guy's just about to to hit her, and okay. uh, Leroy catches his fist, and and he's like, "I would not do that if I were you." And then the fight scene, the music starts, and the fight scene it's it's that's uh, that always gets me going that part there, and I think a lot of fans like that too. And uh, I don't know if you noticed, uh, you notice any uh, stars in that scene there? Some people um, that may have moved on to some other movies. Well, I know Chad. Uh, Chad, Chad, yeah. P, Chad yeah. P. <laughs> yeah, Chad Tom and Terry, yeah. Yeah, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't recognize him at first, but I saw the credits. And I go, oh, no kidding. I have to go back and, and see that. But, yeah, I, I do know that that was one of his earlier films. Yeah, and that was him. So he was uh, he was one of the guys that really beats up there. He was the guy driving uh, driving the, the car that kidnapped Laura. Right, and for those that don't know, you know, he was the, the, the cop in Usual Suspects. Yeah, he's he's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot he's, of stuff. Uh, yep. Pretty big actor. Yeah, and William H Macy also made a little uh, yes. cameo as well. <laughs> One of his first roles as a manager. Uh, yeah, totally nineties. Well, early nineties. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. hair. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think yeah. that's all I recognize. Yeah, there's been of course there's um, Rudy uh, from the Cosby Show. She was uh, oh, yes. she was sister. Leroy's little little sister. Mm-hmm. She's only in there for one scene. And then there's um, uh, the the Rock is played by uh, Mike Starr, mm-hmm. who is in he's in a lot of stuff. But he's one of the big things he's recognized is for Dumber, Dumb and Dumber. Yes, he plays one of the guys that's going after uh, the gas uh, the man. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So there's a few of the guys. There's also uh, fans of the you know the Cosby Show and Martin. There's um, uh, Cole. Cole. Uh, yes. He Cole from um, from from Martin. His name's uh, Carl Anthony Payne. He's Payne, in. He's right. kind of, yeah, he's in some of those scenes in Eddie Green's Pizza when Show Enough uh, busts bust up the place, which is also one of my favorite scenes. Oh right, yeah. yeah I, I, I like how he came in. I'm looking for Leroy Green. I'm Leroy Green. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Oh, oh, you mean Junior? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, and I like how the guys all. He's like, "Who am I?" And the guys like they automatically react and they're like, "Show Enough," <laughs> but he's right. like, "No, no, no, not now, not now." <laughs> Yeah, that's a, it's just there's a lot of little like little comedy things that just you know really make it a lot. It's just a fun movie with a lot of heart, mm-hmm. and uh, that just it just really hits home for a lot of people. Right? Like you know with the the whole underdog theme of it, and it really follows the story that hero's tale that that's really in a lot of movies like Star Wars, The Matrix, you you, you name it. Guys, that uh, all those movies have a very similar theme. Where the hero, you know, in the beginning is, you know, may not understand the world or everything that's happening, and then they're given kind of uh, there's something mystical that they're they're given, and it may not even be real, but it, and it takes them on a journey, and at the end they realize that they had the power all along. Like if you think about the Matrix, you know, he wasn't the one until he realized it for himself, right? It's the exact same story. So that story's been told a million times in a million different ways, but every time audiences see it it really resonates with them as long as they, they do it right uh, Star Wars is the same kind of thing so it's, it's, it's out there I mean it's a Harry Potter um, it's in so many different movies right I um, I, I like how when when Leroy goes back to see his uh, his master you know and, and he was talking about how you know he, he has to catch a flight 
and he, and Leroy's like, he questions like, oh, are you going to seek out? Um, yeah. You know, I forget the wording. He goes, no, I'm going to visit my mom. You know, go to Miami. <laughs> yeah, my mother in Miami. Yeah, you're going on a quest for knowledge. <laughs> right, and and that kind of goes back to like our first conversation when you were saying, you know, they they were just kind of breaking stereotypes. Like, you know, yeah. you, you see his master, and you expect him to be like the the, the know all and yeah. you know the the quiet one or whatever. But yeah. he's just he's just an average guy. He's like, hey, I'm just going right. to visit exactly. my mom in Miami. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the movie, and that's the movie. It, it's not afraid to make fun of itself. Like, right. you know, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like, you're watching this, and you're like, what the heck is going on? And you're like, we got a guy wearing shoulder pads and, like, the hair and all these different things going on. And and then, but it pokes fun at itself, and that's, you know, that's you know, it's a really good type of, uh, of, of comedy that, you know, people that can, can make fun of themselves and poke fun of themselves, not take themselves so seriously. And, uh, you know, it makes it a little more enjoyable. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. What what is some mm, I'm trying to think of like uh, at some of the conventions that you you were um, with yeah, or when you were with the cast did yeah. um, any and I don't know I, I'm trying to think of a, a better word than crazy but has anything like crazy happened while while, while you guys were there uh, you know like not in a bad way but just like you know f- like fanatics you know or uh, something like that, or like, like some <laughs> off the wall question, or or uh, like yeah. a request by a fan, like something like that. Well I, well, I think what's really cool is that any of those kind of, you know, off the wall kind of requests, the the cast has been pretty cool at doing it. I mean, I, I in front of everyone, and I did this myself. <laughs> I might be one of the craziest fans there are, <laughs> but um, in front of the whole audience, you know, four hundred people in the movie theater. I asked uh, Timeock to do, you know, his globe, like that Lotus Blossom Bruce Lee oh, right. slow motion arm thing he does, right? I don't know what you call it when he yeah, yeah. first gets the globe. Because as a kid, that's something that just, it's just stuck in my mind. Like, I remember seeing when I was, what was I, I was nine years old, ten years old, uh-huh. seeing the um, the trailer for this movie. And I was like, wow, look at that. And he was doing that move, that slow motion arm thing. So I said, I got to see you do that. And I made him do it. And he was, yeah, jumped up and, went and did it for everybody. Um, uh, and it was really cool. And it's stuff like that, right? Like grabbing the nunchucks. Um, you know, they're always, they're right into, um, you know, what, whatever the fans are asking. But, you know, people, people always ask, you know, did anyone have a crush on Vanity? Did anybody hook up with Vanity, right? And everybody <laughs> just laughs. And it's funny because Ernie says, Ernie's always the first guy to pipe up. He's like, I love Vanity. And he, of course, he was you know, 12 years old. <laughs> right, right. And uh, he brought a Vanity poster to the to the set um, as a kid and had her sign it. He's like, I'm getting my Vanity poster signed. <laughs> That's He's funny. excited about it. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. So nothing, nothing too crazy. The fans are really respectful and really just really excited to be around. That's uh, the awesome. cast again. Yeah, thirty years later, it's pretty cool. I I think it'd be funny if if uh, if Ernie was like, no, I hooked up with her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone always asks Tylon, "What was going yeah. on there? What was going on there?" But uh, so no, she was a real, you know, yeah, she was a real, you know, serious rock star at the time, and kind of like a much bigger level than everybody else, right? Yeah. 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 You know, you, like I said, like you're the one stop shop for you know videos and so you're saying yeah, these t-shirts too huh yeah 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 actually in sony uh, we'll see what happens but sony has asked me to use some of my t-shirts in the promotion of the, nice. the blu-ray that's coming out so it's right, pretty cool right. and, you know i'm cool. in a, a unique situation that no one else has really done what i'm doing so i really stand out 
Mm-hmm. Like I put out a lot, but there's like not a lot of the people doing it. So I really stand out. Whereas you, what you, you know, you're doing, you know, even if you just focused on back to the future, there's so many other people that do stuff for that as well. Right. Last dragging, you get, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. But for the most part, the reason why I did in the first place is because nobody else was doing it. And then I just kept going and going and going, just consistency over time. And, you know, you end up being the guy. <laughs> <And> that's <laughs> what happened. I, I dig this Harlem Shoguns t-shirt right there. That's a nice one. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was made off of the uh, red, the Redskins logo, the Washington Redskins. It's oh, like a I copy love that. Of oh, okay. The, the yeah. color, the color scheme yeah. a little bit uh, around the yeah, circle. Yeah, that's the way it looks. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have a uh, like a go-to artist or anything like that for for those uh, designs? Uh, not no. It's really like it's just opportunity. Like actually, I never went out of my way to start the T-shirt. That a guy, um, I just reposted on Instagram a picture that a guy made of that. Um, I got the glow t-shirt mm-hmm. and all these people started messaging me at work and I buy it work and I buy it. And so I reach out to the guy and say, I got like 10 people that want to buy these shirts and kudos to the guy who made it. He was like, Hey, listen, I, I'll sell. If you send me 10 people, I'll send, I'll send 10 shirts and then that's it. Goes, but yeah. if you keep selling these, I'm wanting to work with you, partner with you to make and sell these t-shirts. We can keep selling these forever. And uh, so we did that and he even put together a, a e-commerce site for me, like a free one to start. And he goes, here you go. It's all set up. He goes, you know, just get the, promote it, and I'll make them and ship them, and like he handles everything. And it's really cool. Is one place that you have not looked, and it is there, only there, that you shall find the master. You sure look like a master to me. All right, Leroy, who's the one and only master? I am. Ah! 